1: Funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's fun. funny. Oh, me, sir. God damn it! Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. We'll
3: get together, have a few laughs.
4: As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm your huckleberry my
3: advice to you is to start drinking heavily put that coffee down all this
2: calls for the old
4: Billy Barou.
3: that's a huge bitch the royal penis is clean your highness hey where are the white women at
0: yippee ki
2: motherfucker
4: It's over, Johnny. It's over! are back in town. What is going on, guys? It is Saturday. It is THT Movie Review. I am Boxman. Right there, I've got Anthony. What's up, man? On, Not much. And joining us because he just loves us. Bobby Anthem. What is going on?
1: I can't get enough of you guys. Oh,
4: thank you. That's <laughs> so sweet. Oh, man. So, guys...
0: Enough with this enough with the circle jerk. Let's get delirious.
4: Yeah, come on, man. A couple bro jobs, you know. (laughs) 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 What? It's not
1: it's not gay if we talk about sports while you're
4: doing Yeah. How about how about those how about those (laughs) Mets guys, huh? All right.
1: (laughs) Oh shit. Anyway.
4: Uh yeah. Obviously, uh tonight's gonna be an interesting one, guys. Um Going a little out of the norm. Uh, like I said, Wednesday, this could be one of the most epic shows ever, or it's going to be the biggest failure we've ever had. So
1: I have high hopes.
4: I do too, man. I do too. I don't think it's going to be... Uh, I certainly don't think it's going to be bad. Um, I actually think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, we are going to do a little, uh, like I said, out of the norm. Delirious, 1983, obviously, uh, and Eddie Murphy movie um i was this like the first ever of one of these kind of movies
1: no no it wasn't the first ever okay of that type
4: you know who you Uh, know who it was
1: uh i i i can't say who would have been the first but uh you know, Richard Pryor did things like that before. Ah, right, right, right. You know, uh, like tele—not not really televised, but you know, filmed concerts, and the entire concert was released like that. Um, yeah, okay. I, I wish I could. I wish I could give you facts and dates and things like that. I, I just know that it had been done, but there was a. Uh, it was just a period of time, like when 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 the that sort of thing didn't happen, and Eddie Murphy was kind of the revival of that sort of thing you can't even really call it a revival can you because nobody really did anything to that magnitude you know in that era it was just eddie at that point yeah
4: yeah i mean obviously you know this was 1983 Uh, at this point he was hot and heavy in his uh saturday night live career at this point he had done 48 hours right yeah, yeah, he had done forty-eight hours. Yeah, that,
0: that came out the year mm-hmm. before.
4: Yeah, he had already done forty-eight hours, so you know, pretty, pretty notable already. Um, but he, he wasn't one of those guys that spent years and years and years really trying to push forward. Oh. He broke out pretty fast.
0: He was he's a, he was a prodigy. He was, let's, yeah. let, let's make no mistake about it. He was twenty-two. At the time he did this special, twenty one twenty two, mm-hmm. he was around eighteen nineteen when he hit
1: SNL. Right. Yes. Yes. A lot of people don't realize that he was he was essentially a child on Saturday yeah. Night. Right.
4: And he had already put out two comedy albums before this. In his teens, so man, this guy just. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you've ever heard Eddie Murphy, the first album he put out was called Eddie Murphy, plain and simple. Um, I remember listening to it with my dad when I was little. I probably shouldn't have been listening to it, but fuck it. I was. <laughs> I was anyway, goddammit. Uh, different age, different a time. Different time, exactly. Everything's a different time now. Everything's a different time.
0: And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, uh, because this, like I said, this was released in 83. HBO as a station, as a network, came out around uh, 1972. Mm -hmm. So they were still relatively young in terms of like being around. Would you guys, is it a safe assumption to say that this is their first big special that kind of like really kind of put them on the map because in terms of like those specials getting like worldwide exposure, this was the first one. Other people did like the whole, you know, having their specials filmed before, Mm but to the best of my, this was the first one that was actually filmed for a national audience to actually sit and be able to watch in their home on television.
4: Yeah.
1: You, you might be on to something. Yeah, exactly. There, you
4: know? yeah. yeah, you definitely might be on to something there. But, I mean, I, you know, I mean, Eddie Murphy, I mean, obviously he's said before how much of an influence uh, Richard Pryor was. Some of his other influence were Red Fox, Bill Cosby, and Robin Williams. Fuck yeah. Good taste right Always there. Always a little shocked to uh, to hear him say that. Some comedians who have mentioned, you know, incited Eddie Murphy as them that you know being their influence is Russell Brand, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. I really hear it in you know Chris Rock, and I really hear it in Chappelle, but not so much in Russell Brand. He's kind of a goofball.
1: (laughs) Trivia: Here's some trivia. Russell Brand and I were born on the exact same day. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> well, oh, well, hold your apology. Hold your apology because so was Angelina Jolie. Oh, all
4: right. That's, a, that's kind of a wash, you know, negative, positive. You know, there yeah, you there you go. Minus plus equals zero. Nice. Very nice.
0: <laughs> hey, box. Hey, you no, know, I got a little tidbit for you. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, guess who Eddie Murphy cites as one of his influences as well? Who? Nobody would ever think of this Bruce Lee.
4: Well, Oh yeah, <laughs> I have to explain something. If you're an Elvis man, you're a Bruce Lee man. It's it's fucking hand in hand, dude. And Eddie Murphy's obviously an Elvis guy. I mean, we you know we, Elvis guy, your Beatles guy. He's definitely an Elvis man.
0: And it's weird because like, uh, he basically tells a story that um when he did Forty Eight Hours, right? I don't know if you remember that scene when it was coming down the alley. Mm-hmm. They basically said they wanted him to look like angry, like you were like you know, like you were pissed off, like, you know, like the element of danger. And he basically said he had no form of, no frame of reference. So he was he was just imitating Bruce Lee. Obviously he's not a karate guy, but he he, he always was a fan of like, you know, his mannerisms, like his eyes. Yeah. He yeah, said if you look he said he said if you look at Bruce Lee's eyes, his he could tell us he could say a whole lot without saying nothing. So whenever, like was Beverly Hills Cop, whether it was forty eight hours, whenever he played like a cop in the movie, that was his influence. Bruce Lee.
1: Well, Bruce Bruce Lee had a Bruce Lee had a. I I don't know. Being that it's Bruce Lee, I don't know if I want to call it a maneuver, but I'll call it a maneuver. Bruce Lee had a maneuver that he would do with his eyes when acting. And Boxman, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You know, he would uh, he would kind of slowly move his eyes before turning his head when he went to look in a direction. Mm -hmm. And you could see Eddie Murphy doing that in several movies, you know, when the scene called for it, he would slowly turn his eyes before turning his head slowly.
4: That kind of dramatic, almost like a, almost like a, like a, like a lawyer wheeling around to get his client. Like when, you know, when he just caught him in a big lie.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, you could, you could see the influences.
4: Yeah, you can. And like I said, man, he, you know, he, he, any Elvis man, is a Bruce Lee man. Elvis was big into martial arts, so, yeah, like I said, it just goes hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really does. Really does. But, um let's go ahead and get into Eddie a little bit before we get into, uh you know, we'll go through a few of his movies here. I mean, he's got, Jesus Christ, this guy, believe it or not, I mean, he's only got 55 credits to his name. Uh That's just for films. Like, you know, actual hollywood movies. Um, you know, he's got a few writers he's, Eddie Murphy even has an album out. <laughs> I, yeah. I Oh yeah. I, oh yeah, Party <laughs> All The Time. Uh, yeah, I, I probably should have been playing uh Party all the time, you know, right right, right before the show. I didn't even think about it. We'll close out with it. Oh, God. No. No, we I don't no. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I don't think I have that. Uh, let's see, we've got Trading Places, which we've done. Obviously, he spent four years on Saturday Night Live. Uh, a movie I haven't seen of his best offense.
0: Yeah, he was kind of like, that was like a little bit of false advertising. He was like in and out.
4: Well, I can't see him playing a high-ranking lieutenant anyway, so. Uh, then we go to, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Then we go to the uh, one we have to get to, The Golden Child. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Billy Hills Cop 2 coming to America. Harlem Nights, another (laughs) one we've done. Another 48 Hours, which came out in 1990. Uh, Boomerang, another Uh one we have to get to. Distinguished Gentleman. Absolutely. Yeah, Distinguished Gentleman. Billy Hills Cop 3. Vampire in Brooklyn. And then he started getting a little bit of that uh, Disney money with the Nutty Professor. Um. Then he did a movie called Metro, which I think is an underrated movie that was him and Michael Rappaport. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Uh, Holy Man Life. Um,
0: Life. Cla- oh, yeah. Life. That that will be reviewed on the show.
4: Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely. That is an amazing, amazing fucking movie. Uh, him and Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Bernie.
1: Martin Lawrence, another, another and Bernie person Mac. who Bernie was... a. Yeah, Martin Lawrence is another person who uh, was influenced and inspired by Eddie Murphy.
4: Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, and you can tell, man, when they're when when they're doing that, uh, they have such chem- chemistry in those scenes that they're in together. I mean, they're basically in the whole movie together, so great stuff. Though, Bowfinger. Uh, uh.
1: I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. I I, didn't
4: didn't hate it. And to be honest, any movie I can see Heather Graham be a slut, I'm watching. Uh, (laughs) um, Then we go back to another Nutty Professor movie. Uh, Then we go to Shrek, Dr. Doolittle, Showtime. Mm, That was a 2002. Then we go to The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Then we go to I Spy. Not a horrible one. I liked I Spy, actually, him and Owen Wilson.
0: Yeah, um, I, seen it. I Spy and,
4: uh, and Showtime.
0: Were, what? Yeah, I Spy and Showtime were like the last two uh, Eddie Murphy movies that I really enjoyed. Fell off for a while for me after that. Oh one wow. At the I
4: yeah. I mean, let's face it. To most of the newer audience, he's become known for the Shrek character. Yeah, yeah. That's really what he's be- you know become known for, but. Uh, I mean, he's in a ton, you know, a a, a bunch more movies. I mean, we don't have to get into the rest of them. Really, there's just mostly from here, it's Disney movies. Uh, Tower Heist, he was in for a little while. Dream Girls, he was in for a little bit. Most of it, and Haunted Mansion, another one. But uh, Disney, Disney, Disney from here on out, pretty much. And And we we should, uh, sorry. No, go, go, go.
0: But we should actually point out Dream Girls, even though I'm not into musicals. Mm -hmm. That kind of revitalized revitalized his career for a little while. I don't know if people remember that.
4: I don't really... I, I never actually saw that movie. Now, I've been told it's a really good movie. Oh, you should watch it. You should watch it. I don't know, man. Showgirls is one thing. I know what I'm getting with that. A bunch of naked girls. I like it. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, I mean, you know, Anthony, you mentioned him maybe, you know, before the show, Eddie Murphy possibly making a comeback. And I don't know, man, this climate today. I mean, when we do get into the movie, which, you know, we're not going to take much more time. We are going to get into it pretty quickly here. But I mean, his first, first joke, first sketch would never be allowed today. He would get booed off the stage, people would walk out, he would have protests, teenagers would be trying to take our guns away for no other reason because Eddie Murphy said faggot.
0: (laughs) And and right off the bat, he would be be forced to apologize, and I'm sorry, any comedian that apologizes for a damn thing they say, whether it was right or wrong, loses their credibility. I'm sorry.
4: He has come forward and since this and apologized. Fuck that he has uh, i am trying to think i forget when it was no but he has come forward since no. then and apologized for it, but th- the apology was basically looked it was a, it was a much different time it was you know people were a little looser, but uh you know hey Fuck that. look man he was trying to I, trying to get that disney money that say, disney money bro I have
1: to say i respect that though I respect that i don't he wasn't he wasn't made to apologize it was like you said it was a different time um different things were being thrown around a little more casually a little more loosely and um you know he, he looked back he was able to reflect and and see that you know just some of the some of the language that he used uh you know was was uh, uh let's just say wrong so i respect that he actually came forward on his own and and said look, I. I I should not. I should have been more sensitive about these particular things. I, re, I respect that. Mm-hmm. I have no. I have no problem with that. It would be a different thing if he told a joke that was just a funny joke that somebody didn't like, and they rallied together and forced him to apologize. That would be a different thing because it would be disingenuous. Right. But but being that he reflected on his own and came to this conclusion on his own, or maybe 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 somebody close to him pointed it out to him but whatever he he, he wasn't he wasn't forced so I have to say I respect it I respect it. in this situation I respect
4: it yeah i mean look i have no problem with it like look and like i said i guarantee it was when he was trying to get that disney money and hey i don't fucking blame the guy when he started doing these disney movies his career was in a little bit of a i guess we could say a lull uh, yeah, I guess we could say, yeah. and then he really did. He kept, you know, that that Nutty Professor movie again, another little spike in his career. Um, so, you know, and then he started doing Shrek and this and that. And you know, we obviously, you know, during the Chris Farley episode, we obviously heard that he was the first pick for Shrek. And but Eddie Murphy was always the the donkey, always. So, you know, the part was. Well, so, well, well. Go ahead. Now let me ask you guys
0: something. You know, like I said, you know, the way Bobby put it, I can see where you're coming from. And I definitely uh, respect the man for if he felt like, you know, it was a different time. Fine. Mm-hmm. You reflect on it. You had a different place in your life. Fine. But I want to get you guys thoughts on a quote. I don't know verbatim, but I, it always stuck with me. You guys are George Carlin fans, yeah. right? Yes. He says something along the lines of anything. can any You can make a joke out of anything, even rape. Do you agree with that? even even if it offends somebody you can make a joke out of anything
4: yes i say i have to, I have to go ahead bobby go yeah, ahead go
1: ahead. I, I have to say i have to say yes i mean it's it's it, it's it's going to rub some people the wrong way but you know we we've said it before um we've said it before as it related to different things you know it's it's all about it's all about uh intent
4: Right, Mm -hmm. and and you know what? I, 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 it does sound horrible to say, but you should be able to stand up there as a comedian and make fun of everything. It's called levity. You take situ—this is what comedians used to do. They used to take situations and they used to make jokes about it. They did. That's what. Yeah,
1: there are jokes. There are jokes about murder. There are jokes about the Holocaust. There are jokes about slavery. Mm -hmm. There are jokes like a lot of a lot of jokes that, you know, if if uh, if the context was taken in a certain way, if they're meant to be offensive, then they're offensive. But if it's meant to laugh at some of the ugliness of of life, then fuck, let's let's do that. Let's let's laugh at some of these things that are very difficult to look at you know to to accept let's laugh at some of that ugliness let's yeah. find something to make that shit easier to swallow well,
4: listen I, I i hate to you know call uh jesus christ what's his name louis anderson you know an actual comic but one thing he always did say and you know he he, he had a rough life and he would always say let's you know i try to turn the tragedy into comedy and i appreciate that yeah. you know I, I i don't think he's a very funny guy but i and I, I, I always understood where he was coming from with that, but i mean look there there's a difference between michael richard's you know yelling the n word at a heckler exactly. you know like I say, you exactly. know yelling that at a heckler and a comic making a joke and using that word, and there should be a line unfortunately we're so p c right now no matter what the context no matter what happened no matter what line th- th- there is no line anymore it's 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 like already crossed before you get to it you know people immediately if anyone uses that word you're immediately a racist no matter what the context was why no no matter what but there should be a difference like i said i mean you know michael richard michael richard screaming at a heckler and you know literally blatantly angrily calling him the n word right but if someone makes, you know,
1: yeah. yeah, it should be able to be made, made fun of. Everything yeah. should be. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. has a whole bit on that word. And mm-hmm. you guys, I don't, have to re- I don't have to rehash how I feel about that word. We already know. I'll say it for the people who, don't, who uh, haven't heard me on the show before. I personally don't like the word at all mm-hmm. in, un, you know, under any circumstances. But the Louis C.K. bit on it was funny. And I, and I, got, that it, I got that it was a joke. You know, like he was joking. It was an, uh, an entire bit, um, and that's that's a completely far cry from what Michael Richards was doing. You know, right? So,
4: I mean, like I said, there. I mean, there yeah. was anger in Michael Richards' voice when he said it.
1: Anger. Yeah. He because he, he was trying.
0: He was trying to hurt the guy. He was, he
4: was guy, and obviously, you know, you give. The, I mean, but that's like, I mean, that's that's, I mean, that's worse than calling a woman a cunt. You know, that's, you that's, you. that's going to the bottom of the fucking barrel right away. You know? That's the granddaddy of the... Yeah, him. I mean, you don't go right there. That's that's literally like the part in A Christmas Story where Schwartz skips the, the, the double dare and goes right oh. for the triple dog dare. <laughs> yeah. You know, he just went right for it. Right, right for the throat.
0: And honestly, you know what it shows? It's like a lack of talent. To be blunt, I mean, to be blunt, if you're a professional comedian, if you get paid to make people laugh and you have to go for the cheap shot right off the bat, that shows a lack of talent, in my opinion. It does. Because I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it was a lot of shit he could have said about that guy besides that. Yeah. Oh,
4: I'm sure. I'm sure. Guarantee it. You know, but, um, you know, it, it, it's funny. I'm looking in the chat room and people are bringing up Andrew Dice Clay. The funny thing is Andrew Dice Clay still has a career. He even still has a TV show um, uh, on, I believe, Showtime. Maybe HBO. One of those. But it's funny, you, you mentioned, you know, Eddie Murphy sort of, I guess you could say what sort of the spin off to Eddie Murphy was Sam Kinnison and Andrew Dice Clay, the little feud they had. And, you know, in, in 1989, uh, Eddie Murphy actually, here's a quote from Eddie Murphy. I got all this flack for my material being so filthy. The truth is it's nowhere near as filthy as some of the stuff they're doing now. I'm feeling like a fucking old guy watching Sam Kinnison or Andrew Dice Clay. So you know, even he knew that their material was, one. yeah. And I swear, to you, we're going to have to do something with Andrew. If, if this goes well, we're going to have to do a, the uh, Andrew Dice Clay because I actually, I, I, I'm a huge Clay fan. I'm a huge Kinnison fan. Obviously, I've mentioned that on the show before. Um, so
0: and uh, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm- I guess real quick, like to Eddie's point there, he said it in raw. I can't remember the exact way he put it, but he said something along the lines of, you know, people accuse him of, you know, his shows being dirty, filthy, he says fuck shit, curse too much, basically. Mm-hmm. But he said in between the in between the curses it's jokes. If it yeah. if, it, if it, cause think about it, if it's all fuck shit, suck my dick, kiss my ass, and not everybody, anybody could do that. We could we do that every week. If that 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 doesn't take a lot of talent. Right. You still have to know how to structure a show and structure a joke knowing the punchline time your stuff right so that's the difference
4: yeah absolutely man yeah definitely Um, and and by the way I looked and looked and looked and I couldn't find an actual box office on this movie obviously from 1983 I don't think they were keeping track of shit like that back then Um, I couldn't really find an actual box office on this movie but the reviews were actually good for as filthy as it was again Different times, different people. You know what I mean? Yeah. But,
0: um... Well, I mean, when you look back on it, though, was it really that bad we, in comparison to what came after?
4: Uh, no, when, when you compare it to what came after, I don't feel it was that bad. I didn't feel it was that bad back then at all. It was funny. It was comedy. He was making jokes.
1: Yeah. It was edgy, though. It was... It were, yeah? To be honest, it was edgy.
4: Yeah, it was. And, you know, B-Meg's in the chat asking, yes, this was a theater release. Um, Pretty much both of Eddie Murphy's stand-up shows back then, this and Raw, were theater releases. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I really can't think of, after this, after Eddie did these, I don't remember many people doing these besides, like, Martin Lawrence did it. Did it. Who else did one of these after this? Did I mean I, Dice never did? Dice, I mean Dice was selling out arenas like you know Madison Square fucking it's, Garden, but never something like this.
1: I'm gonna have to look it up because it's, it's hard to say. Because after that, like that that spawned so many. Eddie spawned so many of the uh, so many of the comedy shows that that came out on TV that were uh, right basically patterned after after this. And like I said, Eddie didn't. In- this format it's just uh he kind of brought it back and and just made it skyrocket but yeah after that you saw a lot of specials that were televised but i don't think you saw a lot of theatrical
4: yeah and i mean listen when you when you think about it i mean when you go back to comedians of the 80s the three that you probably are on everyone's top three lists should be eddie murphy sam kennison and and andrew dice clay i mean they were so big at this time so you know Eddie Murphy was uh, sort of left it to those two because he started doing so many movies and he had a bunch, you know, bunch more going on. But, you know, that little feud between Andrew Dice Clay and Sam Kinison was just absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved it. Loved it. I mean, you know, Sam Kinison did this show called Leader of the Band. That was amazing. Like I said, Dice, you know, uh, Dice Rules. um, He even did – Andrew Dice Clay had the balls to do one called The Day the Laughter Died. It was him at the – it was him at the comedy store trying out material and the – all of it bombed. Bombed. The crowd was dead. He fucking released it. And if you really listen to it, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. If the more you listen to it, the more you start laughing at the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, Dice sort of came out kind of flashy, kind of like Eddie Murphy, if you think about it. You know, but a little more bedazzled, and Dice was trying to be a little more Elvis-like, and Andrew Dice Clay was just sort of, or uh, Sam Kinison was kind of. Uh, I hate to say he was an early grunge guy, but he was like grunge before grunge.
0: Well, you're a good person to ask about this box. You are Dice Dice Man fan, right? I
4: love Dice, yeah.
0: All right, so his uh, career trajectory was similar. He was going for the same type of trajectory that Eddie Murphy did. Mm -hmm. You know, stand-up comedian. He did the uh, Ventures of Four, failing, which I actually do think is underrated. Uh You know, similar. What do you think? Where Eddie succeeded, why do you think his career didn't go past a certain point? Do you think he was like I don't want to say a flash in the pan because that's unfair to him, but why do you think his career didn't go further than he did, movies and stand up as well?
4: He really wasn't a great actor, and he was sort of typecast with his look. With his look, he he could only play a certain amount of characters. I mean, I. Is- go 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 ahead, Bobby.
1: There was there was well. I- with Dice, he had so much – he already had so much working against him because where uh, where people were outraged with the language that Eddie was using, Eddie was just using words, you know. He was just using some some language that couldn't be said on TV. Right. Dice, people actually – most outlawless to say women found Dice – completely offensive because of the his subject matter it was like dice dice could have done the exact same act that he was doing using all words that can be that could be played on television radio and he and he would still have been found offensive so he had that working against Mm -hmm. um you know was it who was it who walked off of saturday night live and and it was it was it jan hooks i think think in the, middle of, in, in the middle of a sketch because Dice was the host and she just stopped mm-hmm. and said, I, I can't do this. I, I refuse to work with this man. It just walked off. Yeah. And there was some confusion as to whether or not that was part of the act you know, or did she actually walk off? I think that might have actually been her last
4: Right. Her last. Show. <laughs> right. And, you know, as you he, know. And, and you know Eddie might have been out there making fun of, you know, gay people and this and that. But one thing he didn't do was stand up there and degrade women. Dice clay that was part of his act. He was degrading to women. He would look at women in the front audience and just say, "Hey, let me see those fucking pits eh? and to
1: and and to his defense to the to the defense of dice he i don't he didn't plan that character obviously, obviously, the man doesn 't live that way and doesn't look at women the way that the character does. The character came from a movie. Mm-hmm. You know that that was he didn't he doesn't walk around in his everyday life like that. The character came from a movie, and he took that character and ran with it. Much like, much like Pee Wee Herman or uh, Larry the Cable mm-hmm. Guy. You know, they they just take the character, and that's what we see. The you know that's that's how we see.
4: Well, them. most of most but. of Dice Clay's character is John Travolta from Saturday Night Live. Most of it. Huh. he didn't really he, Oh, you know? <laughs> oh bro. I guess.
1: Quick, yeah. <laughs> you
4: know, you know, you I, never picked that one up, Bobby.
1: Well, I, I, shit, dude, this is a that's an old movie, and <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So, no, I've never made oh, the connection. But the character of Dice. Dice was an actual character in a mm-hmm. movie. He was cast as the character Dice before he decided to run with the character. He and keep it as his persona. He played
4: that character Dice in a little movie called Making the Grade with Judd Nelson.
1: Okay, that's the movie. I couldn't remember what the movie was. He
4: he wa it's it is I have spoke about it before in our Judd Nelson episode. I'm going to get Anthony to watch it one day and we're going to review it. It's. It was a Judd Nelson movie. It was, and he played a bookie, called the Dice Man. Uh, and he owned a idea. owned a strip club, and uh, that was it. That's where that that that's. Um, I, I could find out what year that was if you really want me to. That year that movie came out. Oh.
1: And while while you're doing that, can, if I can just uh, let the people who are listening know, uh, thank you for your patience. We will get around Eddie Murphy delirious. I'm In promise.
4: just a minute, actually. Just a minute or two. Yeah, yeah that was 1984. Yeah. When that movie came out. Yeah.
0: And just to put a bow on this portion of the broadcast, uh, that lady that walked out on uh, Dice Clay on SNL, mm-hmm. it was uh, Nora Dunn. Her and, O'Connor. Shanae, her and uh, Sinead O'Connor actually boycotted that episode.
4: Okay. Yeah, I believe. Wasn't that when Sinead O'Connor like, ripped up? Uh, no, she did that another time. I don't know. She's. Please. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Oh, yeah, because she, she, she did that on the air, right? Did that actually air? Because I didn't yeah. see it oh, yeah, that aired. Yeah, yeah,
4: boycotted that. But, uh, again, Eddie Murphy might have been up there making fun of homosexuality and a lot of things, but he wasn't degrading women. Uh, and yeah. both Sam Kinnison and Andrew Dice Clay were up there doing that. More Andrew Dice Clay than Kinnison, but that was him. I mean, listen, every single one of those those nursery rhymes of his, I can recite every single one of them. Unfortunately, I know every dirty nursery rhyme of his.
0: And let's be honest, like Eddie says, some you know derogatory things. But if this if this makes any type of sense, he was charming with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He could get away with it. He did it like with a twinkle in his eye to where
1: you knew he, he, did, he didn't mean any harm by it. And he didn't do it that often. And, and whenever Eddie would say, like, Eddie had a lot of self-deprecating uh, things as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Dice uh, Dice was a completely different animal. Every, pretty much, the majority of his act was just degrading women. That mm-hmm. That was... That was it. That was the basis of inti- his entire act. Yeah,
4: yeah, the larger-than-life asshole. Uh, th- th- that's what he was, and that that was the character, and I think that might have been one of the reasons he kind of... He typecast himself before he even had a chance. Yeah. Um, Kinnison, yeah. Kinison was getting sober, might have had a chance at doing some movies, but, I mean, you know, April 10th, 1994, we lost him. Yeah. So, pretty fucking early. But, um... All right, guys. I guess we should get into this movie. We've been on about uh, 50 minutes now. Yeah, probably 40, 40 minutes. Let's let's go ahead and get to a little bit of a delirious. What do you say, guys?
1: It's uh, time for the main event. All
4: right, let's do it. Um, yeah, I, I kind of cut out the intro. Basically, uh, we're going to start right where Eddie Murphy starts. He's already on stage. Uh, we're going to start with the rules of being at an uh, Eddie Murphy show. And uh, if by any chance you guys can't hear or something's weird, just uh, hit you know, type in Skype or whatever. Uh, here we go. I'm gonna start right now. Here we go. Get
3: some rules. I got some rules when I throw down. When I do my stand up, I got rules and shit. Right. Straight up, faggots aren't allowed to look at my ass while I'm on stage. That's why I keep moving while I'm up here. So if you don't know where the faggot section is, you gotta keep moving. So if they do see it, it's quick and you switch. They don't get no long stare at your shit. Start having imagination flowing my, about my, I know what you're looking at too because my ass get hot. Cause I'm afraid of gay people. Petrified. I have nightmares about gay people. I have this nightmare that I go to Hollywood and find out that Mr. T is a faggot. <laughs> Really? And he'd be walking up to people going, Hey, boy. Hey, boy. You look mighty cute in them jeans. Now, come on over here. And fuck me up the ass. Come on. I'm gonna bend over now. Hmm. Slow down! You can mess around and come too fast. Maybe you get mad. I'll clench up my butt cheeks and rip your dick off. All
4: right. So, like I said right away, we start with complete inappropriate, <laughs> completely inappropriate for a, a, a day like today. But oh, yeah. back in 1983, this. Hilarious this movie. was hilarious. This was allowed. This yeah. was this was comedy.
1: You heard the reaction he was getting from the crowd, dude.
4: <laughs> I, I, you know, Eddie Murphy is definitely a showman. He did have that crowd from the time he walked on that stage. That crowd was in the palm of his hands. Yeah, and I mean the, the reactions to his jokes. I mean, if you watch this video. I don't. I, I forget yes. where this was held, but there's not an empty... D.C. Where? Uh, D.C. D.C. There's not an empty seat in the fucking house, dude. This thing, it, it is packed.
0: No. Absolutely. Yeah. And to be so young and have that kind of poise, it, I mean, you take that type of stuff for granted now, but they don't make them like that no more, man. No. Seriously.
4: No, no. He, he, he was definitely one of a kind, Eddie Murphy, and, you know, still is, you know.
0: And. Uh, Underrated impressionist too. I for, I honestly forgot about how good he was with impressions. Yeah. Anytime he would do an impression back in the day, I really got lost in it. So I forgot how good he
4: was. With he, it. Yeah. That's
1: how he is as an actor. Underrated overall as an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he becomes the character.
4: He really does, and you know, thank God Saturday Night Live kind of let him really push push that part out of him. Uh, you know, I mean, we Jesus Christ, how I, we can name the Stevie Wonder impressions. Um. <laughs> Gumby, Gumby, Gumby and, uh, and, the Mister Robinson. Someone mentioned in the chat room. Mister Robinson's ne- neighborhood. And, uh,
0: and I want this committed. I'm sorry. I want this committed to uh, the THC archives. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy single handedly for that time period saved Saturday Night Live. Oh,
4: I'm oh sorry. yeah.
0: I don't. I, yeah, no. Arg- I don't. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but he carried SNL He, carries, he Liniors, carried
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. After
0: that initial five years with the exodus, like Belushi and Anchor and all them, he carried that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
4: a lot of the heavy hitters left, and he really came and picked up a lot of the slack. Jesus Christ, how can I forget to mention the James Brown skit? We will hear it. Mm -hmm. By the way, for those of you in the chat, I just want you to know something. I could not actually pick what clips to play, but all in all, it's only about an hour of comedy. So we're, we're pretty much going to play the whole
1: fucking thing. <laughs> um, Does anybody object? I, <laughs> Any I, I
4: I don't think anybody's going to object, but uh, we'll, we'll yeah. we will start rolling through it. Um, we get we're, we're going to get more gay jokes. Uh, c- come on, guys who doesn't love who doesn't <laughs> love more gay jokes? Uh, so here,
0: yeah. Yes. yeah. Normally on THT we say no homo, but tonight it's all homo. Got that clip-ready box? Uh,
4: No, I don't. <laughs> Damn it.
0: You, you, you fucked up our routine. We practiced this. How can you do this huh. live, bro? I don't know, man. you killing me, man.
4: I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and post. Uh... <laughs> I don't think I got time for that. Was just um. You,
0: you ain't got time for that, but I don't know.
4: I got, I got go. time for this. I'm going to go ahead and play this. Here we go.
3: Faggot, Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton. Wouldn't they be funny, faggot? If Ralph Cramden leaned out the window they, one day and said, Norton! Norton, pal, come on down. I want to show you something. Ha-ha! <laughs> hey there, Ralphie boy. What do you say to that pal of mine? You know, Norton, I've been watching you. <laughs> and I know you've been watching me, Norton. You watch me. I know. So, uh, Ralph, where are you getting at? Norton, my friend, How would you like to fuck me up the ass? I know you wanna fuck me, Norton. And you know that I know that you know that I know that you wanna fuck me. (laughs) Now I'm gonna bend over. And when I do, start fucking.
4: Oh my God!
0: Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs>
4: Jesus.
0: That I mean, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I, what? Go, go just, ahead,
4: go ahead, Anthony. <laughs>
0: literally, I felt like I, I honestly felt. You know, God bless the dead. I really felt like I was listening to a. Ralphie boy. <laughs> yeah. And no, I mean, seriously, he you got, you got lost in it, man. Another level. That was next level stuff we just heard. Yeah, I
4: mean, really, you know, you, you said it before, his impressions are very underrated, and I don't know why they've gone so underrated for so long, because, I mean, we even said he saved Saturday Night Live. So, I don't know. I, I guess just somehow his imp- because he throws him in so randomly... Or because he doesn't really focus on, he just gets into the character for the skit, and then it's right back to being Eddie. I don't know if that's maybe why his his impressions are so underrated, but, I mean, trust me, I'm not saying Eddie Murphy is underrated. I mean, he's definitely one of the most, you know, famous names out there. But as an, as an impressionist, I would consider him definitely a little bit underrated. People don't... Uh, don't give him enough credit. I mean, mainly what people give him any credit for is his Stevie Wonder. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And, I mean, Jesus Christ, how can you not? But, uh, I don't know. Any more? Should we just keep rolling with this bad boy? Rolling. Let's do it.
3: I kid the homosexuals a lot because they homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck with everybody, I don't give a fuck. It's like, um, I don't mean anything by it. You can hang out with a gay person. You can, guys, don't feel, you know, like, alienate gay people because they're gay, because you can play tennis with a gay person. Really, just after the game, you say, I'm gonna go get a beer, what you gonna do? Think I'll go suck somebody's dick. Well, I'll see you later. <laughs> you can suck that dick, I'm gonna have the beer. Ladies are hip to it, too. Ladies be hanging out with gay people they'd be saying, gay men are the best friends to have. Cause they don't want anything from you, you don't want anything from them, you can just hang out, and you can be with them, it's fun, and you can talk to them and all that bullshit and they'd be hanging out with them. You know what's real scary about that? That new AIDS shit. AIDS is scary cause it kills motherfuckers' AIDS. That ain't like the good old days when venereal disease was simple. In the good old days, you get gonorrhea, your dick hurt, go get a shot, cleared right up. Then they came out with herpes, you keep that shit forever like luggage.
4: All right, all
3: right. Um, Jesus Christ,
0: I, I, I had to mute myself for a second. Now I mean, <laughs> you can be friends with the homosexuals. I'm sorry. All right,
1: now, I how do you how do you like that new age? Yeah, exactly. I was. Uh-oh.
4: That's actually why I paused it because yeah. this is this was a time where people all they knew about was AIDS. No one knew anything about it. This was 1983. This was. This was, a, again, we keep saying it was a different time, and I know I sound like an old son of a bitch, but it was a different time there, Shunny. And uh, it, it really was. We, people knew nothing about AIDS, really, except that the disease was, had a big outbreak in the, in the early 80s. Of course, it was due to drug use. but And the there were, you know, this was a big homosexual time. People were getting coked up and fucking anything that moved. Thank yeah. God I was too young. But uh, anyway, um, uh, so really, I mean, this, this again was comedy back then. It was, it wasn't any, oh, my God, I can't believe he just did that. You know, people weren't outside protesting after this. People weren't uh, boycotting his shows after this.
0: And I don't even think he was bringing it up to be edgy. It was a topical thing. Yeah. and if, And if you look at the job of a comedian, Good or bad, they're social commentators. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to comment on what's going on in the world. Age was a new thing, so he commented on it. So I don't think he was trying to make any type of statement. He was just, it was topical. Make some jokes about it.
4: Yeah, yeah, and like I said, especially at this time. And again, it was just we were, and there was no knowledge of wh- how it was passed, and you know. So yeah, let's go back to what we were what we were doing. Let's roll through a little more of this.
3: Now they got AIDS. That just kills motherfuckers. I say, what's next? I guess you just put your dick in and explode. (laughs) And the girl be on the bed going, maybe I should see a doctor about it. (laughs) Kills people. It petrifies me because girls be hanging out with them. And one night they could be in the club having fun with their gay friend and give them a little kiss and go home with their AIDS on their lips. <laughs> go home with their husband and like five years later, so Mr. Johnson, you have AIDS. He goes, "AIDS, but I'm not a homosexual." Sure, you're not a homosexual.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I wish everyone could see the look on his on his face right here. It is absolutely priceless. Uh, <laughs> but uh, again, this was a time where. Jokes about AIDS were fine. Pretty much, jokes about anything were fine. Yeah, yeah it was just <laughs> that time. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I had a cough there. But uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Anthony.
0: No, I was saying, uh, and, and look, I mean, obviously, everybody has a right to, to their feelings and how they feel and their preferences and their sensibilities. But it just seems like back then people had a thicker skin. Not saying it was right to insult people's, you know, sexuality or their race or whatever, their religion, whatever, what mm-hmm. have you. But it, it just seemed like people could take a joke. People just had like a thicker skin. And you know, if you talk shit about them, they would just throw it back at you.
1: I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's really the case so much or as much as people were still offended by things back then. It's just that it took a lot more Mm-hmm. for it to be heard back then now everybody has a voice because everybody has the internet right. everybody's on social media so when there's outrage you can put it out immediately mm-hmm. you know and um, yeah, back then back then shit, 1983 most people didn't even have home computers you know most people had typewriters still so you would have to pull out a big ass typewriter load it and type a letter and send it to somebody and just hope that at least one person would read it before throwing it in the, in the trash. Because believe me, people were upset about things back then. It's just that it took a lot more to rally. So so being that it took so much work, mm-hmm. um, people picked their battles and let a lot of the shit just roll off. Yeah, very, you know?
4: very, very good point, Bobby. Very good point. I got nothing to add to it. That was, that was, that was well said, sir. Yeah, because I mean, right, you know, but like you said, people can literally now just... Type it out and it goes viral. Once it goes viral, yeah. someone's career is over.
1: Yeah. And it's easy to find, it's easy to find hundreds or thousands of people who feel the exact same way that you feel. So then you have a virtual rally with everybody in the safety of their own, in the comfort of their own home.
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they'll, they'll sit there and type back and forth all day. So, you know, and then it goes more viral. So, all right. Uh, Everything sounding okay to you guys? No uh, no problems yet? Oh, yeah. All right. Well hey, hey, okay. let's go ahead and roll back to it then.
3: All them diseases scare me because I'm like these, these are the fuck years for me. Like I this I'm twenty I'm in my sexual prime. This I fuck now. <laughs> these are the years to fuck. This is where you do your best fucking where you just start to learn your body and you're getting all your shoulders in on the fuck, you know? Like 18-year-olds, let me hear y'all in the audience. See, y'all don't know how to fuck yet, see? You don't. You get 22, you start moving all this shit, making faces, you ever make them fuck faces? A cool motherfucker, say. You don't do that when you're 18, it's just one expression because you'd be surprised you're fucking me. A little older though. (laughs) Plus, you don't have no dick control when you're 18. (laughs) Ever been sitting around when you was young, man, just sitting in class and your dick get hard for nothing? You'd be just sitting there and your dick say, hey, what's going on in there?" And that's when your teacher said, Mr. Murphy, want to come work out this problem on (laughs) the board? No, that's all right. I'll take the zero. Really? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Come on, we all know he's got a point there.
1: <laughs> can I can I point something out? You had to go there. had to go to Yeah, box. you want to point something out I... for, for for anybody who didn't notice. Point
4: something out, absolutely.
1: Sure. That entire segment, that entire segment right there was not not the not the words. But the the delivery, just everything, that was all Richard Pryor.
4: You know what? You're right. Now, if if you do listen to that, you can hear a lot of Pryor in there. But you know what? I yeah. hear a lot of Pryor in ninety percent of what Eddie does. Yeah. When
1: yeah, I mean you can you can hear the influence, but at some points, like that whole thing right there, that was pure Richard.
4: Yeah, Pryor. yeah. I mean you can you can kind of hear him even take it the <laughs> the kind of pause to do the, the you know <laughs> you know like Pryor always did so.
1: Yeah. yeah, Richard Pryor, you know, he has a style where he'll say he'll say something and cut himself short. Yeah, but you ever notice mm-hmm. so, Like he'll say something like that? Mm-hmm. Wow, I never noticed
4: it, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, I can definitely see it and hear it. And...
1: Yeah, and this is nothing that hasn't been said before. Eddie has said it himself. He said that in his early days. He said, I used to just do Richard Pryor. He said, I would tell my own jokes, but I would be Richard Pryor while doing yeah. it. So he said that himself.
4: Hell, it worked for him, man. Obviously, it worked for him. So, all right, let's keep doing it.
3: Oh, this is even hard to find the pussy when you're 18. Ever had that, guys, when you'd be searching for the pussy down there and your dick be sliding down and shit, and, and the girl be going, that's not it. <laughs> is there any problem? No, ain't no problem, baby. You got a shoehorn or some shit like that? <laughs>
4: Holy shit, man! All right, that's that's pretty much the end of that little segment of right there for him. <laughs> God damn, dude! Yes. absolute brilliant comic, man. Yes. Fucking brilliant. And you know what? I, I I I don't. Again, observational humor is the best, especially you know delivered yes. in the way he delivered it. Just brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: And honestly, you know, what he's saying is funny, but please, if you haven't watched this or if you haven't seen it in a long time, go out of your way because we are not doing it justice, just in terms of his
1: facial reactions.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, and uh, just, a, okay, yeah, just, a, just a little more on the Richard Pryor uh, comparison. Anybody who hasn't seen or heard Richard Pryor Wanted, check out Richard Pryor mm-hmm. Wanted and then uh, and then check out Delirious again and, and you'll see what I mean.
4: Right. Yeah, you'll 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 probably see a lot, a lot of like right there. You could uh, p- pretty much probably watch them side by side to be like, "Wow, look at that." <laughs> so, yeah. all right, I guess we just roll on to the next one. What do you say?
3: Yep, here we go. <laughs> and this is the business to be in if you want some pussy. That's why I got in show business for pussy. I figure if Jimmy Walker could fuck, I'm fucking everybody. <laughs> and it's like that too, when you do TV shows, women be throwing pussy at me on the street like Frisbees. Uh, and yeah. Appreciate that. Take all the pussy. They be like, here pussy, here, here pussy for you. Some pussy for you, I be saying, thank you, I appreciate it. I like all the pussy, thank you. Too much pussy, pussy be falling out my pockets and shit. Walking down the street and say, oh, sc- watch your step, that's mine.
2: <laughs>
3: being a comic, though, ain't like being no singer. The singers get all the pussy. Like the busboys, they fuck everybody. <laughs> busboys will fuck anything that moves. Come to my house, the fish stop swimming.
4: Alright. Real quick for those of you that don't know, the Bus Boys were his opening act. Um those who really need to know who they are, if you watch Forty Eight Hours, they are the band inside the big bar that he is at. Torchies, I believe, is it no Torchies is the one that they uh Romans. Romans is the name of the bar that he's at when he's in Forty Eight Hours, right? Romans. Yeah, Torchies is the bar that they go into and uh he says they're a new sheriff in town. His name is Reggie Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. Romans, that's where he went. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That's about as degrading to women as he usually got up on stage. That was it. That was pretty much the
1: worst of it. And that really wasn't the degrading honestly no. not, well in my opinion no, it, you know, I'm not a woman so I can't yeah, say yeah, I mean, uh, it wasn't that bad it was probably
4: the truth back in 1983 we're probably were throwing I mean probably the truth now half these fucking actors and singers yeah. are just getting the shit yeah. thrown at them you just yes. now you just have to right. you know make the girls text you and write shit down and sign shit
1: contracts
0: he was young with money trust me it was getting thrown at him a mile uh, a minute yeah absolutely absolutely.
4: <laughs> absolutely yeah I I wouldn't
0: yeah. so I mean he was joking with it but obviously he that was a straight shoot
4: I wouldn't doubt it uh all right let's keep rolling
3: they don't play the singers get pussy because you don't have to even be you don't even have to look good and you can sing and get pussy just be interesting because this sex symbol's getting pussy that's ugly motherfuckers because all you have to do is sing, it's something about singing. That's the business. You sing, women go crazy. Because Mick Jagger is an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> with, with big ass lips. Mick Jagger's lips so big, black people be going, you got some big ass lips. <laughs> you got some big lips. But he's singing. And you sing, you get over. Luther Vandross, a big Kentucky Fried Chicken eating motherfucker, <laughs> but he put his shit on the like, other. Women go <laughs> sing. That's all you got to do is sing. Michael Jackson, who can sing, and is a good looking guy, but ain't the most masculine fellow in the world. <laughs>
4: all right, we'll pause there for a minute. Uh, let's face it, he's got a point about Mick Jagger. How many times have you looked how many times have you looked at Mick Jagger and went, "Have you seen the fucking models he's been fucking lately?" I mean, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah Mick Jagger, Jimmy yeah, yeah, Jimmy I, Walker, I, JJ, kid dynamite. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't judge people but I, but come on, if they weren't, you know, famous or had any type of celebrity whatsoever, they wouldn't be fucking nailing some of the chicks they was nailing. No, I'm sorry. No, no. And
4: Mick Jagger was always nailed some pretty hot 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 women so and yeah we like we just said he's still making babies that guy at 70 some years old oh my god oh man but uh yeah now he does get into his michael jackson thing here another underrated impression you know what impressions are one thing singing impressions are another thing you know, yeah, there's that's yeah, there's one talent. I mean, you know, you, I, I understand the talent of doing voices, but to sing voices the way he does is a whole nother talent. And you know, he was, you uh, know, to say he was like the most well-rounded comic might might not be a far-fetched, you know, thing to say. Oh. So, all right, let's get into the Michael Jackson shit. Y'all ready?
3: Yes. Sir. That's Michael's hooks, His sensitivity. That's the women be saying, Michael's just so sensitive. <laughs> and they eat that shit up, Mike know, too, he be using women in constantly I see Mike walk up to girls on the stage, being in the audience, he say,
0: is it all right if I come down there and sing to you?
3: <laughs> and the women go. Ah! Then if you, if you don't scream, Michael get real sensitive and cry on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever hear that record? She's out of my life, Michael go, So I've learned that love's not possession, and I've learned that love won't win, I've learned that love needs expression. Get me some tissue. <laughs> Jermaine, stop teasing. <laughs> just sing.
4: Oh fuck, man. Alright, we have to stop there for a sec so I can breathe. <laughs> oh my god. He is absolutely great, dude. Oh fuck. I mean, once again, great great impression. Just everything about it. And you know what? Fucking audience, dude, right in the palm of his hands. At, at, at this point, he, he, could, he could just go out there and talk baby talk, and they would love it. They would love it.
0: And at this point, it, this had to be the first time somebody started making fun
1: of Michael Jackson, making jokes at know, his expense. And you know they became friends after that. Oh yeah, like legit friends. Eddie Murphy and Michael Jackson were legit, like real life friends after.
4: This. Yeah, which is why he made fun of him again in Raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He still he did it again, but uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, B Megs is bringing up uh, you know talk about singers getting you know hot p- pieces of pussy. Rick, uh, uh I, can't, I can't even pronounce his name. Okasek who's who was the guy from the Doors? I'm sorry, the Cars. Jesus Christ. The Cars, the, the the '80s band. He was married to a model, Paulina. If you remember her back in the '80s, I had a big poster of her in a bathing suit on my wall when I was a kid. Signed, <laughs> signed by Paulina, by the way. And Where'd you get at that? At a car show in uh, uh, okay. in North Carolina when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that bad boy. I do, I do. But I bet you did. Uh-huh. I didn't look it up
0: so, about, so about, to be honest, their post is in pretty rough shape thirty some odd years later I don't
4: even know where the hell it is, to be honest with you, dude. I should have kept it like I said it was signed, but I didn't, so I don't know. I got a picture of it somewhere because I have a picture of that whole room the way I had it, so at least I got a picture of it somewhere but uh yeah dude he's 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 telling truths here, but uh he keeps rolling with more singers. Uh, of course, he's gonna to get to Elvis in a little while, and you know I'm not too crazy about anyone making fun of Elvis. But uh, I'll be all right. Well, it's all in fun, bro. I know. Take a deep breath. Musa. <laughs> all right, well, here we go.
3: The masculine voices, man, like a Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy, just come out, take the lyrics, and go, "You got, you got, you got what I need," and scared the bitches into liking him. That motherfucker's is crazy. Throw your panties on the... Oh, stand. shit. this big. From 10 blocks... Hold away. on,
4: guys. I fucked up. That was my fault completely. Now I got to try to figure out where I was. All right. Hold on one sec, guys. Give me two seconds here, what I'm going to do. You guys talk for a All second. Right. I'm going to figure out where in the video I was here.
0: So, uh, Bobby, let me ask you. Yeah. uh when this first came out, did you see it live as it was happening or was it like
1: after the fact? oh I saw it after the fact you got i i was young man i was uh eight years old when this came out so well i mean i was i was young when I saw it of course you know my my parents were were uh big fans but um yeah so i I was very young i i might have been i might have been eight or nine so I saw it not long after it came out
0: so I know you i don't
1: and, oh, no, I was just going to say the funny thing. The funny thing about that is, I remember going to school after it came out, and all the kids had seen it. All the kids, all the eight, nine, ten-year-old kids had seen it, and we were all quoting <laughs> everything that we were hearing on there. You know? <laughs> so I know you.
0: I know you're the resident hip hop guy, but were you a stand-up comedy guy back then,
1: as well? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, who? It, People who aren't stand-up comedy fans are just weird to me. Like, just I understand everybody has a thing, but I can't, I, I can't really wrap my brain around people who aren't into stand-up comedy. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not like a connoisseur or an expert on who everybody is, but you know, I've I've, I've seen a lot, not not a lot live, but you know, big fan. Yeah, I have. I Actually have records on vinyl, you know. Uh, Richard nice. Pryor is good stuff. Bill uh, Bill Cosby. Um, I don't have any Red Fox. I wish I did. I actually have uh, LaWanda Page, who was R-S- Wow. Wow. That's old shit.
4: Yeah. All right, I think yeah, that's very cool. I think I got it. Might be a little bit of overplay here. Let me see where I'm at real quick, though. Here we go.
3: Japan oh, is on the stage. Eh, close enough. That's what's happening. I like Elvis Presley. Really, I give credit where credit is due. El- when Elvis was young, he was a bad motherfucker, boy. Elvis was bad. He was vicious and shit. Sing his ass off. He sang so good, they let him do movies, he couldn't act. <laughs> they said, fuck it, let him sing all his dialogue. <laughs> they did. Everything Elvis said, he said, Elvis, we got to win this race. We got to win this race. <laughs> Elvis, want some lemonade? Lemonade. that <laughs> right cool, refreshing drink. Let him sing till it was over, too. Elvis was 42 years old. Remember right before he croaked? He would come out. His stomach was all fat and shit. And his butt be sticking out and shit. Looking like he had the shitty walk on the stage like
4: that. Alright, I, I, won't, I, I won't hear, you don't have to hear the visual part here where he's just walking around the stage with his ass sticking out. But uh, it is a very, I, 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 like I said, I'm not crazy about the Elvis stuff. But uh, it is fucking hilarious, dude. He is. His Elvis isn't exactly the the greatest, but it's it's it, it's passable. Um, yeah. Bmegs in the chat asking if I've seen if any of us have ever seen any stand up comedy. I have seen Andrew Dice Clay. I saw Mitch Hedberg. I've saw oh, nice. I saw John Panette. I saw the amazing Jonathan. Oh, shit. Um, I've seen uh Jesus Christ uh Jeff Dunham Larry the Cable Guy uh that's pretty much most of the notable guys I've seen right there that's pretty much seen some heavy Yeah ass. pretty much all the notable guys I've ever seen are right there What about you guys any 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 comedy shows
0: Uh yeah I've seen uh, Martin Lawrence and I've seen uh Chris Tucker Ah oh wow
4: wow right. That's that's going to be a good gem to hold on to, the Chris Tucker one, because his career is kind of in the shitter now.
0: Yeah, this is like this is like when it was probably
1: borderline, but he was still pretty hot at the time. All right,
4: Bobby, you seen any con- comedy shows live?
1: No, I haven't. Look, I'm 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 not I'm not one to really go to live shows.
4: All right.
1: at all, you know. I mean, uh, yes, I'm the I am the resident hip hop guy. The only, I've never even been to a concert that I wasn't either performing or backstage. I just don't, I just don't, I'm not comfortable going to shows. I don't do well in crowds. Wow. You know, I have to be, I have to actually be working. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I got it. I got it. All right. Let's listen to him make a little more fun of Elvis, I guess. I guess. Let's do it.
3: (laughs) I've lived. I love this food.
1: I've traveled each, And everybody we all would more. What's more than <laughs> is,
2: Feel <Excuse> me
3: that's <laughs> <laughs> the key to it. You don't even have to be able to talk to sing and get famous.
4: All right, we're about to get into a really big part. So I guess before we get into that, uh, the huge James Brown part coming up here, uh, Shaheen is, Shaheen's oh. throwing out some real heavy hitters too. Kevin Hart, Eddie Griffin, Chris Tucker, and Jim Brewer. I would love to see Jim Brewer live.
0: Yeah, that would be fun.
4: Totally Talk fun. about an,
0: yeah, him and Eddie Griffin, actually. A, yeah,
4: it, it, yeah, but Jim Brewer, another guy, really underrated, Impressions, improv. He incorporates music. Yeah, and he, mm-hmm. well, most of it's, man, it's mostly heavy metal, which is why, I mean, he's got that one show, Heavy Metal Comedy, which, okay. believe it or not, that was one of them we were thinking about doing. That was actually the one I had mentioned, and then I'm like, you know what? Delirious is probably the best one to start with. So, but, uh, and you know, she, she he actually said Eddie, Eddie Griffin was awful. The best Eddie Griffin is when he stands up there and talks about his family i believe it I believe it's called dysfunctional family yeah, that's the best the best one but uh Jim Brewer man i mean he does you know the goat boy and all his impressions and his a c d c impression is great, you know when he does Brian Johnson, it's just absolutely amazing. <sighs> Like I said, if uh, if this one goes if this one goes good, that's going to be one we'll get to, and that one would be quick because there's a lot of music in that one. But he uh, he he's a really talented guy, and I do like that he's thrown a lot of music into his act. Not not a lot of people fucking do that. So, yeah. all right, let's get into James Brown, another one of his most notable impressions by Eddie Murphy, one of his most notable skits on. Uh, Saturday Night Live you know obviously the you know Too Hot in the Hot Tub I don't know if anyone remembers that but god damn I'll never forget it but that was him you know doing James Brown Too Hot in the Hot Tub gotta
0: cool. oh that was quiet They quiet. gotta
4: cool it down <laughs> alright here we go
3: in 20 years I don't know what the fuck James is talking about I don't understand shit James said I met him once, that Saturday Night Live, I walked up and said, James, I love your stuff. James is. "The I did that. <laughs> and whatever James is saying is some real heavy shit to James. Because it's real meaningful shit to James, because at the end of every sentence, he ended off with, ha. <laughs> He meant that shit that he just said, boy. Everything. He said, heh. You get mad, you start putting the needle back, saying, what the fuck did I just miss? <laughs> And the people say, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Hey! That's a James Brown lyric. Uh. He wrote that shit. <laughs> he was writing a song, so I need a word here. Yeah. Hey! That's <laughs> good. And right. get the song going, all the songs sounded the same. Jamie going, Sound Bound the people, say, Gamma, don't. Are you mine? Sit, did you, sir? You. Ha! Ha! I don't know. Come at the parmesan, understand, side. in the back, grandma, no one else. I. 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 They made you. That's that. what's bad. That? Most people know you're in there. Sit down. <laughs> People say, jump back, want to kiss myself.
2: Yeah.
3: Hey! you! Right? down, yeah. yeah. I'm not ready to do my thing. Yeah. Moving? Yeah. Moving? Yeah. That was the man. He talking to the band and lose you, right? He said, say, about now. Band said, yeah. chin you, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Band be going, what the fuck is James talking about, man? <laughs> I don't know if we're getting paid to keep singing. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there we go. The, uh, goddamn that James Brown shit that he did. That absolutely fucking amazing, man. I, I know we're, I probably said it a few times tonight, but this brings back a lot of good memories of when comedy was just comedy was King back then in the eighties. I mean, yeah, man. but yeah, I, one of his this was probably one of his most famous impressions at the time on Saturday night live with the James brown too so mm-hmm. awesome stuff man so all right let's just keep going i i, I didn't want to uh i was going to pause it in the middle there but it's so hard to pause when he's on a roll cuz i don't want to break up the mon- you know the uh the the, the flow, flow yeah. of uh, everything so Anyway, while we're flowing, let's keep flowing. Here we go.
3: People take singers, they love something about singers that people just love and shit. Because I remember I did Stevie Wonder on the show once. And black people lost their motherfucking minds. I had brothers rolling up on me going, hey, you the motherfucker I be doing with Stevie Wonder? That shit ain't funny, motherfucker. Don't you never let me see you do that shit again. I'll fuck you up. one that's a musical genius.
4: Okay, I just, I'm, I'm, just in case anybody's wondering why the crowd laughed a little and then stopped for a second and then really laughed again, all he did was wipe his nose. That's it. That's all Eddie Murphy did there is wipe his nose and the crowd lost their fucking minds for it. Whoa. Because yeah. you know why? He was in character. <laughs> Seriously, he did it in character. Yeah. The crowd lost their fucking mind for it. Once <laughs> again, man, true showman. Eddie Murphy was a true showman. Um, <laughs> you know how fucking hot he must have been up there in that goddamn outfit?
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Absolutely.
4: You would have think he would have told Chris Rock, "Don't wear leather on stage." <laughs> and, and
0: and you know what's funny to me, you know what's funny to me, I had just noticed, like you know, obviously he's a prior, he's he was influenced by prior, right. but you know, we're halfway through the uh, the, the uh, special here, and and I noticed this throughout a lot a lot of uh, Eddie's work, he was he wasn't the guy to throw around the uh, n bombs quite often. I mean, he would let him slip out every now and then, but I just I, like just rewatching this special earlier. I noticed like right. he never really he went out of his way to avoid using that word. I don't know if that was a conscious thing or he just was like that good to where he knew he didn't have to. I don't
4: know, it. but when he says it, almost every time he says it in a character, not as him. Right. Yeah, yeah, he'll say.
0: But that might be a conscious
4: thing. I think it. I it 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 just might be. I mean, the you know, Bobby's mentioned a time where even Richard Pryor stopped using the word. I don't know when that was, mm-hmm. but. That could have been an influence on Eddie. Sunset Strip. <clears throat> Do what?
0: It was uh, live on the Sunset Strip. I want to say it came out the year before this. Right. That's when he had went to, you know, right after he had the, uh, you know, set itself on fire, went away for a little while, went to Africa, came back, did that uh, Sunset Strip, and he swore off the word. Well,
4: you know, that could have been an influence on Eddie, why he only said it in in character and you know, yeah, he wasn't one of those guys to go out there and throw that word around a ton, but that also wasn't a huge thing back in nineteen eighty three to you know run around throwing that word around either.
1: Yeah, it was, well, it was in use, but not nearly what it what it uh, became. Right,
4: right. I mean, it wasn't in every fucking you know rap song back then. Rap actually, they actually used words. In, right.
1: I mean, and there there were actually some comedians who were still, who were using it uh that shit. there were sitcoms where mm-hmm. uh you would hear you would hear it on Sanford and Son a lot spoken by Red, yeah, Fox, Red really, Fox you know and it was on the Jeffersons you know like, so it was out there it just it just wasn't nearly like you said like rap uh, a lot of rap music perpetuated that shit
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> so. yeah yeah all right bobby all right bobby i'll play some so you don't have to keep going here <laughs> Alright, here we go <laughs> so
1: much.
4: All right, here we go I got you That's terrible That's terrible,
3: man Your mother brought you up wrong, that's what it is Your mother brought you up wrong, motherfucker I got mad I was hanging out with Stevie two months ago I said, look, Steve, I get too much motherfucking flack over this impression I don't like doing it, I ain't doing the shit no more Stevie said, well, I feel that, that's I said, shut the fuck up <laughs> But you gotta cut Steve off quick Because if he get a roll going, he'll talk your ears off you ever see Steve win a Grammy and come up and give one of them long ass acceptance speeches? I say, and the winner is Stevie won, and Stevie be talking about, and I'd like to say that all the people in the world today, God's children, and, th- and they'd just take the motherfucking award and get the fuck out. Because <laughs> so if you don't say nothing, the credits would be rolling, and Stevie going, and I'd like to think, I'd be in the car and so say, just shut the fuck up, Steve. I'm telling you, you're a genius and all that shit, but you my boy, man. we hanging. I mean, like, it's nice and all that shit, but I don't, I don't appreciate all the flack. Personally, the piano and the singing, I told you I feel about singing. I ain't impressed. You want to impress me? Take the wheel for a little while, motherfucker.
4: All right, so we got a guy who just said he got a lot of flack for making fun of Stevie Wonder. Who just made fun of Stevie Wonder in, in a brilliant way? You want to impress me, take
0: the wheel for a while, motherfucker. That's how you tell your critics to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that was his way of telling them to fuck oh, off. Oh, God.
4: And that was definitely a good way to do it. But, uh, you know, it it it's kind of funny. You know, I know he was being funny, but kind of one of the ways to tell people how you felt was if you happened to see him on the street. I mean... Yeah, you know, like Bobby said, we didn't have the social media, we didn't have these fucking blogs and vlogs and nothing went viral. There was no viral, there was no internet. Ah kind of a simpler time, dude. But uh Alright. Let's just keep going here. God damn, that was Oh, that was funny as hell. Here we go.
3: any little sketch, Stevie crash in a tree, right? Ha ha, very funny, motherfucker. Your mother got a wooden leg with a kickstand, motherfucker. Your mother got a mouth in the back of her neck and the bitch chew like this. Motherfucker, Stevie Wonder jokes and shit. <laughs> <laughs>
4: The million-dollar laugh, I guess you would call that. the That, yes. that, that Eddie Murphy laugh. You know? It, it it really... Listen, most comedians would go out there and tell their jokes, but not a lot of comedians would laugh at themselves. Again, I think that's a Richard Pryor thing, because Pryor was known for doing that, kind of laughing at his own jokes, laughing with the audience at his own jokes. And I think that's... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure... That's where Eddie did it. He just happened to have a very distinct laugh that distinct. that carried over to pretty much every movie. You hear that laugh somewhere in it.
1: And pop culture, you know that, that you know anybody who ever did an Eddie Murphy impression would just st- usually start off with that laugh.
4: Yeah, exactly, e- exactly. It's it's his most notable thing about him. So. But yeah, I mean, you know, but now we go into another, we're actually going into a whole nother skit now, or segment, whatever you want to talk about. Here we go.
3: It's hot as a fuck in this thing. No, I can't take it off. Major ladies just run out the place holding their pussies going, ah! What's going on over there and shit? Ladies run down the street and shit, I can't do that. If y'all hear ice cream truck, do they have the ice cream man around here? they have Mr. Softy ice cream? Remember when the ice cream man used to come to town when you was little? And no matter what you was doing, you would stop and lose your fucking mind? There's something about the ice cream truck that made kids lose it. And they can hear that shit from 10 blocks away. They don't hear their mother calling them, but they hear that motherfucking ice cream truck. And no matter what was going on, the ice cream man came and stopped. you be getting some marbles and shit, and you here.
4: hear. <laughs> ice cream!
3: Window and me throwing chains, you saying, get your father a toasted almond bar and get your brother ice in and get yourself vanilla cold and bring back my chain. And you catch all that shit and run down the street, top speed. Chasing the ice cream truck going, ice cream! Ice cream man always drove extra block though. And I know he's seen us and shit, but I think he just be in the car with his friends saying, Watch me make how fast I make these motherfuckers run. <laughs> you be behind him doing 50 run. Ice cream! You stop, you be all went out of Winston. Uh, Ice cream, man. Ice cream, man. Uh, Can I have this? I want this over here and a a toast on by from my father. And give me this ice over here and vanilla cone. Thank you, ice cream, man. Thank you. Thank you, ice cream, man. Thank you. And you get your ice cream. I get my ice cream. I remember I would get my ice cream. I didn't eat it. I sang for a little while. You know know how kids are. I have some ice cream. I had some ice cream, I had some ice cream And I'm gonna eat it all, I'm gonna eat it all now Ice cream be running all down your arm and shit Ice cream, I'm gonna eat all of my ice cream, ice cream, ice cream Know it's one kid on the side, and get no ice cream, and kids don't care. They go, You don't have no ice. <laughs> you didn't get You didn't get You didn't get You didn't get because you are on the welfare. <laughs> The kids You can't afford it You can't afford it And his father is an alcoholic He, he want to eat some- Alright,
4: let's pause there for a minute Alright So uh, This actually probably Probably became one of the most Famous things to come out of this movie Was this Ice Cream Man skit um, Probably the most notable The, the no most memorable for a lot of people Um, and there's more of it, but I wanted to break it up a little bit and mention that. So you guys got anything or should I just keep going?
1: There, there's so many, I remember there's so many quotables, so many things, man. Like I was, like I told Anthony, I was eight years old when this came out, but I remember all the kids had seen it and we were quoting all of these things.
4: And a lot of people were. A lot of people were, were were quoting this movie. And to this day, I still hear people make quotes from this movie. And I, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, look at that shit. That's pretty fucking good. So, But, yeah, I still hear people doing it. But, yeah, there's a lot that came out of this movie, especially back in 1983. Um, you know, a lot of quotes. This movie did very well back then. So, all right, let's go ahead. And there
1: are a lot of... Uh... A lot of a lot of sense since I'm here, and again the hip hop guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of so far, I've heard a lot of things um, that you've played so far that have been sampled in, in uh, various rap songs, including from the the ice cream sketch. Oh, I'm
4: sure, man. Right there, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely Tons sure. But uh, I don't know, man. God damn, this was fucking great. The, the, this was what com. This is what comedy should still be. But uh, nope. <laughs> Uh, again, you probably couldn't do this. I mean he was bullying the kid in one point. Uh, uh he mentioned welfare, that's uh, that's poor shaming. Uh <laughs> you can't do that anymore. So god damn I... alcoholic
1: alcoholic Ah, the al-
4: yeah you, yeah, alcoholic father, that's right. That's right. I mean, Jesus this this was very raunchy. God damn it's why I love it. All right, let's do this.
3: <laughs> let's go. I came but wanna lick Psych, you want some (laughs) ice cream, you want some ice cream. I'm about to eat all of my ice cream. You cannot have some, you can't. I could drop my ice cream in a pile of shit and eat it. I'd be saying it's just sprinkles like sprinkles. Or let your mother catch you doing that nasty shit though. My mother caught me doing that, she made you put it down one sentence, and, put that back on the floor. And you drop that shit quick. And say, I wouldn't go eat it. <laughs> my mother caught me doing that. Anybody got them mothers that would hit you with a shoe? I had a mother that would throw a shoe at you at the drop of a dime and fuck you up wherever she was aiming. She would like carry that shit like a gun. By the time I was like 10, my mother would like Clint Eastwood with a shoe. <laughs> and you fuck up, my mother walk in the room with like. Why'd you eat the ice cream off the floor? I didn't know ice cream. <laughs> The supermarket and shit and be grabbing cereal off the counter going, Ma, can we get this? she not. And can be doing three different things. Be on the phone with my grandmother and be cooking with this hand, have the phone like this and be saying, yeah, Mama, hold on a second. <laughs> Bang.
4: All right, just to break this scene up a little bit, uh, Bobby, uh, Anthony, any either one of you guys have a, a mom that would throw shoes or hit with shoes?
1: My mother no. didn't
4: throw Mine shoes. either. Mine my mother, either. Mine my,
1: my mother was a my mother was a very uh loving is. My mother's still still with us. She's a very loving and caring person. Yeah. She didn't throw she didn't throw uh, footwear at us. Ah.
0: Uh. Oh. Uh, I'll tell you this much, I had some teachers that would fuck your cheeks up, boy. Ooh. With a shoe? No, no, I said no, nah, I they didn't throw shoes, but they would fuck your uh, cheeks up.
1: Boy. Oh, yeah.
0: I... Them twisters? Oh. <laughs> God, the nuns, the nuns, they used to kill me with that.
1: Oh, fuck that, dude. Uh, you went to Catholic
4: school? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I never, uh, Ooh. nah, no teacher put their fucking hands on me. That teacher would have been knocked, God I would have knocked that motherfucker out. I don't care if you got a fucking, I don't care what the fuck you're wearing. You You put, you lay hands on me, you're getting hit back.
1: <laughs> well I came up I came up in public school in uh-huh. the 80s so did I mean so did you box yeah. man I mean there was they, they were allowed to beat the shit out of us at that, that no nah, not where I was a lot of teachers did. not where I was they did here boy they did well, I was
4: in North Carolina for most of my elementary school and I guess they were afraid one of the parents would come shoot their ass but
1: well, well I was gonna say that's kind of surprising but yeah since you put it like that but yeah teachers would beat the fuck out of kids here no, nah
0: nah yeah. So Bobby, let me ask you, did you grow up in Cleveland?
1: Yeah, born and raised. Yeah.
4: I did do one year in private school. A little school called Durham Academy up in uh, Durham, North Carolina. Um, by the end of that year, they were telling my parents, listen, if you get him out of here, we'll pass him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you put, uh. just
4: just get him out of here. I was not private school material. I was a definite public school kid. <laughs> definitely a public school kid and uh,
0: eh. them, them teach us all the future <laughs> yeah
4: yeah, I was definitely a public school guy so uh, alright we got a little more stuff about mom here let's go ahead and finish this, uh, this scene this segment up
3: god forbid my mother be dressed up and have them high heel gyms on them pumps cause then she get boomerang action going on your ass and fuck you up in the room you won't even know what the fuck happened they can hear you when they're getting ready to walk out the door hear you on the bunk beds fucking around they got that mother here and they hear that shit they say wait a minute baby Disciplining around the house and shit. My mom would fuck us up, bitch. Very, very strict house I came from, bitch. And I remember when I first went to, um, first, my first, like, contact with, with a white family freaked me out and shit. I used to, I went to Fresh Air Fun. I never go to that. Where they take a kid, like, from the city and send him to the country and fuck his mind up and shit. <laughs> and I went there and I found out some white kids can curse around the house. That fucked me up. When I was little, I couldn't believe that shit. Cause I couldn't even say dag around my house. My father said, it sounds too much like damn. Get in trouble for saying shit the wrong way around my house and i was in the house with tom killed ass mother mother tommy your little lady said come on mom, shit i'm over as fast as i can shit come on and i was standing there like this <laughs> if i tried to pull some shit like that in my house yeah Ed, you're a little lady hey come on pop shit yeah. what is this come on there. my pops just go <laughs> The fuck is crazy. Pops didn't play, man. He didn't. He didn't play when he came. Right. To-
4: no, he's. Now we're getting into his dad. You know what? I I really like when comedians do this. They start kind of getting into their lives and just just. I mean, it 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 sounds natural when co- comics do this to me, and I always like this. You know, I, I even mentioned before. You know, I love Eddie Griffin, and that's the one I like when he just goes up there and talks about his family the whole time, and it's hilarious to me. That's the That's the one that I really like that he did. So, I don't know. To me, this is another thing comedy should be is people coming up and talking about their life and making it funny. That's – most people's lives are funny if you know what to make fun of.
0: And everybody can relate to this. Like I found myself like, yeah, this is my grandmother who I'm blessed to still have in my life. This was her when I was growing up. Basically, like, you know, remember the old school when you give your buddy the thumbs up? Mm Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many ass whoopers I got because of the thumbs, because to her. That was like a middle finger. Would you do that to me? That was an ass
4: whooping. Wow.
0: <laughs> that was lord, lord, lord. Ooh. That was. That's... So I'm listening to this part. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I know exactly what Eddie's talking about.
4: <laughs> That's pretty fucking rough. I mean I
0: either, a, either ass whooping, or just like a, a stern talking to.
4: All right. All right. Well, I guess let's keep going about the father part here. Let's roll.
3: My mother, though, because my mother will fuck them up. My mom's one of them, them sisters you don't hit and shit. So you can't hit sisters, period. Remember in the old days when you could beat up a woman? Remember that shit back in the 20s? Guys just smack their wives in the movies, they psh, and they just go, oh. You can't do shit like that no more. Women be taking aerobics, they'll fuck you up now. a black woman you hit a black woman she lose her mind and shit seriously they go crazy on huh? you can have a real timid sister for a girl and smack it be like i'm gonna kill you motherfucker <laughs> Oh just get the fuck out. Throw you out your own house. You'd be so scared you get the fuck out too. That's some shit. You know you scared when a woman say get the fuck out your own house and you leave. Scared motherfucker. I had a girlfriend once. I smacked her and got all cool on it and shit. And then she got cool and it scared me more and shit. I just So I slapped and got macho and said I didn't want to do that shit, baby. But you bought that shit on yourself. Don't make me have to do it again. I said, no, no, I did bring it on myself. I did. Um, why don't you just go to sleep?
4: <laughs> well, that would scare the shit out of me. I don't know about you guys, but uh, see, again, you know, Andrew Dice Clay stood up there and just degraded women for, you know, a good 70% per- of his show. Eddie Murphy's putting women over here more than anything.
1: Yeah, he talked yeah. about slapping a woman and made, and made it empowering. Yeah. You know? yeah.
4: Yeah. exactly. I mean, you know, that was man, this was a long time ago, so you know, he yeah. he he he, he yeah. knew how to work his style and he yeah. he really knew what to feed to an audience, I guess you could say. He he did. He he knew what Real what bit. they wanted to hear, when they wanted to hear it. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony.
0: No, no. I just wanted to point out, you know, the the, the uh, transitions. They're so smooth because I mean, he's talking about a lot of random things, but he's he's tying the like, tying everything together to make it like just run so smoothly. Yeah. yeah,
1: everything is a natural segue into the next. Of course, to the next time. It,
4: again, man, he was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, all right, let's keep rolling.
3: Get the fuck out. People are changing, the shit, men are changing too though. You, this shit that guys do now, you could that they didn't do thirty years ago. In the old days, man, you have an argument with your girl in the car, she say, Let me out here. Man is say, No no, we won't have any of that. <laughs> and Nowadays a woman say that shit, dude say, get the fuck out.
4: Old uh, Rich Swan should have taken that lesson. When,
0: told you stole my joke box, I, I was thinking the same thing. Rich,
1: I believe we were all thinking the
4: exact same <laughs> yep. thing. Yep. <laughs> Rich Swan should have watched this movie the night before, and he would have been like, "You know what? Get the fuck out."
1: He would still be employed. He would
4: still be hired. Be That's right. He'd still be making that yeah. WWE fuck money.
1: Yeah. She would still be on her way, walking home right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. Ah, oh, come on. She's a woman. She could have. She could have got a ride.
1: She would have been fine.
4: All right. Let's let's keep going before we get in trouble here.
1: Uh. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Somebody broke wind in here. I've been trying to, like, not say nothing, but somebody fought it in this motherfucker. That's some long-distance fight, too, boy. Don't do that. I know you get out with your friends, you have a good time, especially fellas, you know, to play that game, play the fight game, you know. You know, you fight around your fellas, and it's funny. Dudes be doing that, they be getting in the elevators and fighting and laughing and shit. <laughs> it's nasty, you play the fight game. I think deep down inside, people want to smell other people's fights. Because <laughs> you smell them, and people always tell you they it. They say, I it. you don't leave, you pause a second. Yeah, you did. Because yeah. in the back of your mind, you want to grade the fight. Because well, if it smelled bad enough, two years later, you'd be going, Remember that fight you made? <laughs> the fight game you play. Start off around the house when you're little. Your father introduced you to it. You'd be sitting in the house one day, Saturday morning, watching cartoons, your father make a fight and go, That wasn't me, that was your mother. That was your mother, that was, Ooh, baby, baby, I want a divorce, baby. Ooh, you rotten, baby, shit. <laughs> your mother goes, Stop. And you join in and you shit. You grab your little brother, sit on his head and fight. Ever do that? <laughs> It's a fun game. Your little brother freak out and go, eh, it's funny. your father goes, it's the fight game. You'll play one day, son. The fight game. You get your best friend in on that shit too. You can walk up to your best friend while he's watching the football game and fighting his face. He won't even get mad. He just go, Okay, you got me, alright. <laughs> okay. Alright. That was a good one too. My mouth was open. My mouth was open. All right. <laughs> I got a scar over my eye to this day from playing the fight game in the bathtub when I was little. Me and my big brother used to play When we was poor. We didn't have no Mr. Bubble. we played the fight game. (laughs) We'd be in that tub (laughs) there. All
4: right, let's stop there real quick. So, you know, he mentions his older brother, which we now know is, you know, the late Charlie Murphy. Uh, I don't even know if Charlie Murphy had even a career at this point in 1983, or if anyone even knew who he was.
1: Charlie Murphy, I think, did did a little bit of time, I believe. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And when did he uh, was he was he locked up at that point, or was he out?
4: I don't know. He might have been. He he definitely might have been. But
1: be
0: a second, fellas. Talk about yourself. I can look that up real quick.
4: All right, all right, but. Uh, you know, he also brings up something in, in the beginning. He talked about, you know, how you know, people always tell you they fart. And, you know, in the back of your mind, you want to grade the fart. You know, he's kind of right.
1: <laughs> I, I think this is one of the segments that um, that he said when he originally came up with, he was pretty much just doing Richard Pryor.
4: Probably. And obviously this sort of this little, you know, Mr. Fart, the bubble joke sort of made it into trading places. Um, you know, oh shit! When I was a kid, we we wanted bubbles. We had a fuck in the tub, you know. So, right, he did. So he right. did. So obviously, that was kind of a carryover, so, or you know, that might have been you know his homage to his own film, or Probably. or you know, maybe they wanted it in the film. So.
1: I would guess that he ad-libbed. I would guess that he just threw that in there himself,
4: you know. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, we we did say in that film a lot of his lines were ad libbed so, you know, um, yeah. uh, until he got to the uh, you know, the the scene in the on Wall Street, then he said he was scared to death, so <laughs> So, all right, Anthony, you got that yet?
0: I'm here. Um, you see here.
4: Charlie Murphy, Prison Time. When was he in prison?
0: No, I don't. I'm not seeing anything. Not seeing anything about prison time. Uh, he had actually had minor roles in a lot of films in the late '80s, early '90s. It said he worked behind the
1: scenes. Hip hop group K Nine Posse. Yeah, wow. his brother. Yeah, his brother uh, Vernon was a member of the K Nine Posse. I was going to get to that. Oh,
4: all right. So he was probably doing the hip hop stuff. And that's probably even the be behind the scenes, and that's why no one really had heard of him up until, up until this point. So, all right, that's that's pretty cool. But again, you know, obviously it's you know little little sad now hearing him.
1: Well, you know what the K Nine Posse was after. Th- if this was eighty three, K Nine Posse was more around. Uh, I, I want to say eighty eight, eighty nine, maybe somewhere around
4: there. All right,
1: so, you're actually was right. A little
4: bit later.
0: Yeah, you're right. They're, they're, uh, they their their self titled debut album. He was credited as the album's executive producer.
1: Yeah, and it was it was not great. And yeah, there there I think he might have been their half brother. I think uh, Vernon, uh, I think he was the, the youngest of them. Mm-hmm. Not not that good. It wasn't that, but I mean, I guess it was fairly average or below average, I guess, uh, for the time. But it, it wasn't that great, but it, it's notable because mm-hmm. it was Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy's brother, So that, was, that made it kind of a big, big deal.
4: Ah, pretty damn interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, let's keep going here.
3: You can smell it. Ever hold your G.I. <abdomen�> Joe over it guys? We're going din dinner 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 dinner. And G.I. Joe is swimming underwater. <engaged> water. Dun 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 And GI Joe want to find out where the bubbles was coming from. On the bottom of the ocean. So he started to venture into the cave from whence they came. And G.I. Joe got stuck. And GI Joe got stuck in the water. And my big brother was sitting in the other end of the tub and shit. And made it made shit in the tub. Excitement to the game and shit because he took. I was going, gee, I Joe Then he said, and then a big brown shot came. <laughs> I jumped up and said, ah! Cut my eye in a soap dish and blood was gushing out my face and shit. Screaming, mother ran in the bathroom. See my big brother sitting in the bathroom with a piece of shit in his hand in the tub. <laughs> I was laying on the bottom of the water with blood gushing out my eye. G.I.
4: Joe up my ass. <laughs> oh, god damn, that's one of the best stories ever fucking told anywhere at any time. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. <laughs> Come on, tell me that's not one of the best stories in the world.
1: Yeah, I have my
0: mic. Yeah, it is. I, I
1: have to mute my
0: mic. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, I know. Yeah,
0: that's why I like... <laughs> yeah whenever you don't hear me uh whenever it takes me while I get back to you guys because I'm normally laughing my asshole
1: yeah you would you would never hear any of these any of these uh <laughs> any of these segments if we had our mics on oh god
4: oh trust me i'm I'm kind of facing away from the mic laughing but I know there's some of them are still getting picked up but uh yeah. god damn man, what a great fucking story again he's a he's a showman he's a fucking great storyteller yeah. and that's that's what yeah. comedians are. They're storytellers.
0: Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And when we talk about it, and we've said it several times, and we'll say it you know, a little more as we march along here. Not only would a lot of this material not fly today, but there aren't too many people that could pull it off. You know what I mean? Like his his art, like you said, showmanship, charisma, stage presence, just the overall package.
1: Mm-hmm. And he was cool and it didn't it didn't seem fake or forced. you know right. Had to be cool to wear that outfit though. <laughs> Had to be cool.
4: Yeah, absolutely, man. <clears throat> All right, I guess on we plow
3: what the fuck's going on in there? <laughs> oh, you know what it'd be a good can I get can I hold somebody camera? Anybody bring a camera? You look, does this flash go immediately? Like I don't have to be waiting like my aunt and shit going, wait a second now. (laughs) Ever do that, you be posing your ass off like this and your aunt be going, wait, it's the (laughs) flash. Then try to press it and the shit don't work, you be going. It's something wrong with it. It'll go immediately, the flash. You sure? I'll take a picture of the crowd for myself. Y'all come over here. <laughs> no, I take two of them. This ain't no instant motherfucker. I'm going to to wait for the flash and shit.
4: All right, we can pause for a minute here. This was really well not pause, but we can roll through this part a little bit. It's mostly uh him, but I mean this was i how, 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 i mean if this guy kept these photos, how much do you think they're worth today?
1: oh my goodness yeah that's worth that's worth looking up actually
4: I'll bet these photos are worth a ton of money i mean unless for well, uh, unless for some reason that guy was a plant which i don't i don't i don't know if if you know they even knew about that shit back then so
1: well I, I don't know I, I there were there were plants and shows hmm. like that but that came off way too that came off entirely too organically i don't i don't think that, that i don't think he was
4: a plant yeah yeah, I'll bet. But, I mean, you know, he's, he's still got the camera. We'll go ahead and play, I guess, a little bit of that part. I kind of forgot about this part, but here we go.
3: Hey, man, I said one fucking picture. You don't know about my
4: fucking film, man. Come on, Check it! Who the fuck do you think you are, man? And yeah, he just flashed a picture of his crotch. You know, it's funny. You know, you look at 1983; they got this little this, 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 these big cameras and everything. And you know, now yeah. n- now we we talk on our cameras.
1: Yeah, we sure do. Yeah, and everybody has one. Everybody,
4: everybody. a camera, a, a fucking. You know, this was 1983. The only way you could take a video was to carry a big fucking battery pack on your shoulder. Yeah. You know
1: that. Oh. It, and once again, I'm sorry to cut you off or break the floor of no, that, but uh, I, I just I'm just going to mention for the very last time because I, I can't possibly continue to point out each and every segment where he's pretty much emulating Richard Pryor, because the whole thing there, you know, from the 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 way he does the stereotypical white guy voice mm-hmm. that's like Richard Pryor does that in a lot of sketches. The one one thing he said, it's like, no mimetic, motherfucker. Come on, play like." You can picture Richard Pryor saying Absolutely. Like he had yeah, his voice, the cadence, everything.
4: Definitely. Most definitely you can. All right. I guess let's keep playing a little more here. Not not yeah. not much more. Here we go. This
3: one to the guys at the photo That's A picture of Eddie Murphy's dick. Oh, you know it'd be a good picture. Can all the brothers stand up? All the brothers in the audience? Straight up. Everybody up. All the brothers. Straight up, I'm serious. What the fuck you're doing? Will you motherfuckers stand up? <laughs> up! And all the ladies get your cameras out. We're gonna set the record straight here. When, when I say go, everybody whip out their dick and go, make Some <laughs> white dudes sat down. Sit <laughs> down quicker than, hey! Some of them still standing. Y'all must be Italian. know about the motherfucking, we got some shit on us. We got all this shit. We the Sheboinkin' people. We got some dicks hanging down. Dicks down to this motherfucker. Y'all don't believe it. White people don't believe it. What's funny about it is white people are the ones that made up the rumor. The like they said, you know, black people have tremendous dicks. But I don't believe it. And we got, we the dick, you know remains of the first dick was found in Africa? Big ass piece of bone dick on the floor. What is this shit? It's an old dried up dick. That means the first black, the first dick belonged to a black man. Dicks. We got the shit, boy. We got nice asses, too. We got our shit all
2: hooked. <laughs>
4: Alright, let's pause right there for a minute. So, out of all the rumors we started, we started a good one for you guys. <laughs> According to Mister Murphy here, we we
2: you know
1: we 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 put y'all over is what we did. We put y'all over. Well, considering what we had to endure leading up to that, you know.
4: <laughs> it it was the least we could do, you know. Right, you know? right.
1: That's our forty acres and a mule. Right?
4: Oh, you know, it's at least a mule. <laughs> <All right. laughs> All right. All right. Let's keep going before I get in trouble.
3: Okay. <laughs> in a suit like this. How are you What's us have Eight, nine. All right, man. All right now. Right on now. <laughs> I got a friend, Doug. They go Doug, my friend. Doug, ass is way up here on his back. Ain't it, Doug? Doug be getting shit stains on his collar and shit. <laughs> be in restaurants, be reaching for his wallet, say, Let me get my wallet. <laughs> Cause we got our shit hooked. We got all this shit is hooked up with black people. Chinese people fucked all around because they got little dicks and little asses. <laughs> they do, and it fucked up the way they walk, they be walking all light because they ain't got no shit pulling them down. Now, <laughs> brother's dick is too big, so it fucked up his balance, he be doing all this shit.
4: All right, he made fun of Asians. I don't know if he can do that anymore. <laughs> I'll be—I—I—I I, I just don't think he can do it anymore. I believe it's—it's uh, it's not allowed. But God damn
1: it! Well, technically, technically everything is allowed. It's just you know if you're willing to endure the backlash.
4: True, very true. You know, which is why I give a little bit of credit to David Chappelle, um. You know, he made some jokes recently on his Netflix special and didn't apologize. Did not apologize. Came out and basically just kind of said, you know, it's comedy. That's what you should take it as. And that's it. But didn't apologize. Dave Chappelle seems to be one of the comics that won't apologize for anything he does. And I really like that about him. I don't think comics should have to apologize, first of all, at all. They're comics. Every they're all saying, and especially now, the only way to get noticed is to say something controversial, something that's going to catch on, something that's going to go viral, so you know it's it's the only way now it really is, you know, so all right, on that note, we play more.
3: Every time you see a brother in a wheelchair, he ain't always crippled. You got this shit hanging down. There. That's why I don't let brothers model their drawers in a newspaper. Think about it. I've been seeing newspapers every Sunday morning, white dudes being there in their drawers. Like, Never have no balls in their drawers. Smiling. At you. If I ain't have no balls. I wouldn't be smiling. I'd be modeling like this. He do, going, I don't have any dick. <laughs> brother be standing there. But brother, my list draws in the paper. They need an extra fold out in the paper. <laughs> selling underwear, but this nigger's dicks in my coffee. Want me to for you? All
4: right. See, we uh, as we talked about before, he did say the word, but... Of a it was, of a in a character, it was the white guy character, yeah. the and, you know, so there you go, you know, pete proved us right
1: and that was the very first time in this entire show that that word was spoken, yep,
4: I believe so um uh, by the way, in this little uh one little uh video here, the word "fuck" is used two hundred and thirty times <laughs> the word Yeah, the word motherfucker and variations are spoken 82 times. 44 of them are when he does the impression of his stepfather. Uh, All right, let's go ahead and keep going here. Jesus, he really did have... This was pretty goddamn filthy back then. Jesus, let's go.
3: That's some true shit. What's today's date? 17th and shit they got a little bit more a little bit more summer and shit go to cook don't go to cookouts i hate cookouts man stay away from cookouts and shit if you like me you stay the fuck away from cookouts i don't like my family come by the house the relatives i ain't seen like since the last cookout you got certain relatives you just see at the cookout and they get on your fucking nerves every year my uncle gus come by the house every year
4: before we get into this because This, again, is probably... I know we said earlier the Ice Cream Man was the most notable. This is probably the really most notable scene. And I'm probably going to let most of it play. It's going to be a little bit long. But this is another scene that has to flow pretty well, and I don't really want to break up a lot of the flow of it. This is actually the scene I just mentioned. You'll hear the stepfather in here, but... uh, this is probably another, I mean, talk about a brilliant fucking scene, the way he just switches voices so smooth, so fluid, and so fast. So, all right, here we go. Once again, I hit share, and here we go.
3: My Uncle Gus is the uncle that likes to work the grill, and don't let nobody touch the grill when he's around and shit. As soon as he walk in the house, it's like, Get away from that grill, you know how to start no fire. You know how to start no fire, put this fire out. This ain't no fire, goddamn it. Eddie, Eddie, go over there and give me all that wood. I need half a tree. Chop that tree down over there. Cut down that tree. And give me the wood from that tree over there. And Charlie, go give me two gallons of gasoline out the shed. You two gallons of gasoline. You kids roll up your shirt, put that on the grill. We are gonna start a fire. Come on. You want to eat? You want to eat? Just shut up. Then put that on the fire. Okay. Put that wood inside there. Okay. Give me the gasoline, Charlie. Hold the match. Well, I tell you, Charlie, throw the match on the gasoline. All right. Well, I tell you, all right. We we're gonna make a fire. We gonna eat it. Right? Y'all want to eat? We gonna eat now. Here we go. Put the gasoline on there like that. There. We need the whole. Group. Get that goddamn lighter fluid out there. They you, you? The all two gallons of gasoline on this wood and make a fire. We gonna eat a hamburger. Okay. Here we go. Charlie, throw the match. <laughs> now that's a fire. That's a fire. He be alright. Roll child around. Roll him around in here. Roll around. Now, Uncle Gus is married to my Aunt Bunny. My Aunt Bunny got a mustache and shit. You know one of them lady mustaches? It was real cool back when she was 20. She had, you know ladies had them little thin ones and shit? Then when they get about 45, like Aunt Bunny, they be having the Billy D. Williams look. Shit be thicker in the mans and shit. Aunt Bunny weighed like 300 pounds. Like 250, real heavy lady and shit, and the kids were scared of her. You be, you got that kid logic going. I remember my Aunt Bunny come by the house and shit. It was like I was petrified because she always wanted to kiss me or touch me and some shit. As soon as she walked in the door, it's like, come give your Aunt Bunny a kiss, baby. And you go, ah, ah, ah. And your mother said, why don't you want to kiss your Aunt Bunny? Kids don't give a fuck. They go, she got a mustache. <laughs> Why do kids move so slow when they be crying? Stop making all that noise. I said, shut up. mad cause your mother hits you be standing there wishing hateful shit on your mother ever do that be in the bedroom going God please kill her I hope she get hit by a truck and die I hate I hate I hate I hate Shut coming to give something to cry about
4: Alright we can pause it there for a second I guess Uh God damn, the part about the kids walking slow when they cry is so right. I mean, they do. They start slow motion moving. Oh, it's so right. It's so fucking perfect and so fucking right. Oh, all right. I just, like I said, I, I, I did want to try to break that scene up. And here we go.
3: Then my pops will start talking. And my pops be fucked up every 4th of July, man, every cookout. Black men like to claim the house when they're drunk. Men, period, I think, man, like to just claim their house. They want you to know if you drunk and if they're drunk and you're in their house, that is their house. My father stand up in the middle of the cookout and say, It's my house. <laughs> you know what it is? And if you don't like it, you get the fuck out. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a f- I pay the motherfucking bills in this motherfucker. And hey, kiss my ass if you don't like it. Yes. Yes, motherfucking, yes. What well, you know what it is? You know what it is? I'm drunk. So what? Beautiful. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. So what? I'm drunk. You know what? I got drunk in my motherfucking kitchen. I, I was drinking out of my glass in my motherfucking house. So fuck it. Then he attacked the whole family, right? He said, Gus, Gus, ask the question? Come here. what's the question, Gus. Gus, let me ask you a question. Gus. Why is the fire so big? Why do you make the fire so big? Gus, look at that shit. It's a motherfucking ridiculous, gus. The fire's too motherfucking big. Why? You come in here every motherfucking year, Gus, and you burn down my motherfucking backyard. Why? I'm cooking motherfucking hamburgers and Frank! I'm not cooking a motherfucking Branosaurus burger in this motherfucker. This ain't the motherfucking Flintstones Guts. It's my house, motherfucker. Look at Charlie standing over there with third degree burns on him. Eating a motherfucking Frank.
4: Dude, if you played a drinking game, how many times he said motherfucker in this sketch, you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously we just you know IMDB just said 44 times, but Jesus Christ, he really every other word is motherfucker. <laughs> I never even caught that before. Oh, I, don't remember all that. I don't either. like I said, I've, I never caught that 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 word was said like every other word, but all right, oh, the beer's coming back up. all right, here we go.,
3: no, but you take things too far. Pastor. You take things too far. I tell you, you go an inch, you go three inches. I tell you, you, go four inches, you go five. Give a nigga rope, wanna be a cowboy, guys? Why don't you listen? Oh, Eddie, get that motherfucking dog away from my plate. I'm gonna shoot this dog. I'm gonna shoot the motherfucker. dog. Shut up, I'm gonna shoot it. Stop crying. Stop crying, Eddie, because you can get the fuck out. You can get the fuck, I know you're seven. I know you're seven. But you'll be a seven-year-old, walking the dog, no house motherfucker. it's mine, motherfucker. I hate this motherfucking dog. But you ask me for the dog, you don't spend time with the dog, Eddie. You don't feed the motherfucker. You don't pet it. You don't even know what the fuck the dog's name is anymore, do you? The dog don't give a fuck. He don't know his name. The dog is three years old. Don't know his name. What's this. Coco, where the fuck is it going? The dog's stupid, because you don't spend time with the motherfucker. And I'm supposed to work hard all day, I come home and feed the motherfucking dog, fuck no, I'm not feeding the motherfucker. You know what, Eddie, when nobody's home, nobody's home, you know what I do? I go up to the dog and I kick the motherfucker. (laughs) I kick the motherfucker with everything I got, Eddie. And then I giggle my motherfucking ass off. Because I hate the motherfucker. Because you don't clean up behind it. Why can't you clean up the motherfucking, this ain't Scooby-Doo, motherfucker. Why can't you clean the dog? The dog shits all over the house. If no one tells you, Eddie, you don't clean the shit. You let the shit stay forever. It's shit that's been in the den for six months, Eddie. It's been in the den for six months. Your kids go past it, you act like you don't see it. And unless you're told, you won't clean the shit. The shit is hard as a rock now. It's like motherfucking furniture in there. I went in last week to watch the fights. I said, fuck it, I put my drink on top of it, Eddie. It's a coffee table now shit. My friends come over and say, oh, that's lovely. I say, that's not lovely, it's a piece of shit. But <laughs> my children don't listen. Then my Aunt Bunny would fall out.
4: Right. Let's go ahead and pause it right there real quick. Break up this scene a little bit, Uh, because he's about to start talking about Aunt Bunny. But, uh, god damn, this, I, I, I again, I just forgot how good I did watch most of this movie earlier, but When I decided to just play the whole movie, I said "fuck it," I'll just kind of let the let my reactions go. What? (laughs) Jesus Christ, man! Mm -hmm. I don't. I and he's just. I I just don't remember this being so fucking good. Um,
1: And he's just going and going. He's not stumbling or or any. Just he's just it's just flawless. It's
4: flawless, exactly fluid, as as they would say now. So, all right, here we go. Mm let's go
3: on the steps almost every year ever have a heavyset aunt fall down the steps make a whole lot of fucking noise it's scary too because they be calling jesus on the way down and aunts don't like to fall straight down the steps like a kid they be trying to break the fall and hold it and stop the shit and that just make the fall take a half hour then real loud you're like <laughs> Shoot! <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, God damn it. I'm halfway down now. Help me, Lord Jesus. Lillian! What is all that fucking noise? Lillian, the bitch is falling out at- I fell down the steps. Oh! Bunny fell down the steps! Bunny fell down the steps! Eddie, go get your Aunt Bunny something cool for her head. What happened? Bunny fell down the steps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Charlie! thought
2: Bunny was walking down the steps. And she was walking down the steps. <laughs>
3: What the fuck is wrong with your wife? Why can't she walk a flight of steps? You come over every motherfucker year, Gus, and you burn down my motherfucking backyard and your wife rips down the steps. Why? I work hard to get my place beautiful. And then the motherfucker come over and rip the steps down. Look at the motherfucking steps, they fucked up, Gus. Why can't she walk the steps? You know why your wife can't walk the steps? Because she's a fat, hairy bitch. <laughs> why gus and my children are afraid of your wife and he's afraid of her he has nightmares about your wife i went in his room last week gus he was in the bed screaming crying I said, oh help me help me i woke him. i shook him said what's wrong he said aunt bunny is coming to get me <laughs> he's afraid of your wife because she has a bigger mustache than his father <laughs> but you know what it is gus i figured out about your wife and i'm gonna say it and my wife i'm gonna, I'm gonna give a fuck what my wife said she can shut the fuck up I'm gonna tell you something, I figured out about your wife. I know where you met your wife. You told me you met your wife 15 years ago on a motherfucking camping trip and that your wife was Puerto Rican? Your wife ain't no motherfucking Puerto Rican. I thought she was not first met a Gus. Cause I walked up, I said, hello, it's good to meet you. My name is Vernon. And she said, hello, I'm Bunny. Goony Google. <laughs> what the fuck does Goony Google mean? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that shit is to this day. I thought I learned some new Spanish shit. I went up to my friend, I said, hey Sanchez, Goony Google. And Sanchez said, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) So I've been walking around for years confused. And I finally figured out about your wife, where you met your wife. You didn't meet your motherfucking wife on no camping trip. Your wife's a Bigfoot, isn't she, Gus? (laughs) Your wife (laughs) is a Bigfoot, isn't she? That's why the bitch mustache is so motherfucking thick. But you shaved the bitch down and taught her to speak. I know a motherfucking Bigfoot when I see one. Don't bring a Bigfoot in my home, Gus. With my children? The bitch can't talk. She can't walk a flight of steps. She's not trained well, Russ. She cannot walk steps. I bet she climbed the fuck out of a tree, though, don't she,
4: guys? <laughs> sh- All right, we can take a little... We could take a pause right there. <laughs> God damn. You know, y- you see him do something like this, and then you see a movie like Nutty Professor and you know you, you yeah. uh, around the table and you can see why they would let him do all the parts for the characters around a table like that yeah. you know he's got the talent he he and when and you know we've seen before when he gets in a character he really you know fucking puts all he can into that character while he's doing it yeah so you know you, you definitely hear him do something like this and then you're like you know could, it doesn't... It, it, there's no questions on why they let him do the characters he does in those Disney movies. I think we just lost Anthony. Um, yeah. But, uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's see if we can get him back real quick. Otherwise, uh, all right, I guess we can play a little more of the scene real quick. And then uh, I'll try to get him back while we're doing that. So here we go.
3: I did not bring her around here. Fuck her. And your motherfucking children, they're big feet, too. They half big for us cuz the motherfucker All right,
4: real quick. I got Anthony back. Sometimes I got to reshare that sound. Anthony, you're back, right? Anthony. All right. I thought I thought I, I see his picture and I see him, but I don't see but I don't hear him. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and play more of the scene. Hopefully, he'll come back.
3: I have afro 17 inches long. They're little hairy motherfuckers just like their mother. Look at the motherfuckers. You know when I found out that they was Bigfoot? When I realized your wife was a Bigfoot when I took your kids fishing last week. I put the motherfuckers in the boat, and I took the worm and I put it on their hooks, and they both sat there, and they put the poles down in the motherfucking boat and slammed their face in the water for two minutes. And I think, what the fuck are these kids doing? <laughs> then they start moving their head like this, and the motherfuckers come up with fish. <laughs> jump back and said, can you believe this motherfucking shit? <laughs> then a kid took the fish out of his mouth and looked at his brother and said, Goony Google. What <laughs> fuck is going on? Normal kids don't do shit like that, guys. But I'm gonna tell you something, motherfucker. You can take your motherfucking and- harry fat ass wife, mustache bitch out the fuck you could go upstairs and get the motherfucking dog and scoop up the shit and take eddie and get the motherfucking long angela davis afro-wearing motherfucking kids of yours and put them in the motherfucking goony google mobile and get the fuck out and if my wife don't like it she can get the fuck out too <laughs> you miss me bitch
4: alright so there you go uh absolute brilliance of Eddie Murphy right, right there.
1: That's the exact word I was going to use was brilliance. He he told a story within a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? As hmm Yeah. He, Go ahead. And had a, a callback, a, a running gag, the running gag with his mother's shoe. The shoe. shoe. Had that thrown in there. Just so much going on, man. It's just brilliant. At 22 years old, he
4: was just fucking amazing. At, at 22 years old, to be able to literally, I mean, I guess the only word to use is riff, like he just did right there. Yeah. Uh, absolutely incredible, in my opinion. So, alright, we only got a little bit left of this, but I mean, that, this here is probably one of the, if, if you grew up in the 80s and didn't hear the words "Goony goo goo come out of someone's mouth, <laughs> You didn't grow up in the 80s. All right. uh, <laughs> so, all right, let's go ahead. We're actually not uh, not too far from the end here. Uh, and then there's a deleted scene after this that I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of. Um, part of the deleted scene ends up on the next show. Uh, you know, This is Delirious being raw, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to go ahead and share the sound here and go ahead and play a little more.
3: Washington, D.C. Yeah. Jesus! Christ! This is where Reagan lives. Not far from here. Ron! Hey, Ron, anyone's born, I ain't say shit. I mean, I ain't... It, huh? What sucks? What sucks? sucks? Hey, or tell us something that we don't know, motherfucker. It ain't like people sitting around going, like, really, does it suck? I did not know. <laughs> That's some scary shit, Reaganomics, man. Shit's changing, though. We got black politicians now. Who's that boy, um, Harold Washington? Harold Washington said, fuck it, and won. I know he's still sitting around going, I really won the motherfucker? <laughs> Jesse Jackson seen that shit and said, fuck it, I'm going to run too, fuck it. Jesse, you can win." I see his brothers going, "'You can win, Jess, "'cause you bigger than motherfucking Hal Washington. "'Fuck How Washington. "'Fuck him, man, run for president.'" And Jesse going, "'Yeah, fuck that shit.'" <laughs> um, I seen Jesse in the gym working the fuck out, too, boy, getting in shape. You know if he win, because you know he got a chance he can win. His white dudes like to do shit like that, vote for the wrong dude as a goof. <laughs> they get drunk and shit, and go in there and say, "'Let's vote for Jesse Jackson.'" Jackson. The next day,
4: be like this, they fucking one. You know, I'm gonna pause it there and just say this scene is this 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 this, this segment is sort of ironic. <laughs> um, foreshadowing to today a little bit, if you will. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of foreshadowing, which again, I mean, we said this film still holds up, so. I mean, I know he's talking about Reagan and, a, you know, a bunch of other politicians, but uh, kind of still holds up today, kind of still relevant today, you know? So, all right, let's keep going a little bit here. Like I said, we're not that far from being done.
3: Jesse knows that shit can happen. He getting in shape. I seen him run around the track and shit. I said, why the fuck you getting in shape like this? He said, because I'm going to be the first black president. I had to get speeches like this. My fellow Americans, at your present, I feel that we people get together and join hands. Are you watching these motherfuckers in back here? Because I don't think that you're happy about this shit.
1: Do we going.
2: He won't stand still.
3: I ain't hooked up in all that racism shit. My motto is life is just be happy with motherfuckers. I ain't into all that racism shit. Racism ain't as bad as it used to be anyway, man. I mean, it's fucked up, but they don't call niggas niggas no more and shit. White people don't say it, especially when there's niggas around, so I guess I wouldn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Texas, though, looking for racism about two months ago.
4: That was actually the first time that I've heard him not be in a character and say it and totally forgot he did it but he was sort of in character saying it again right in the middle of a joke so but uh <clears throat> here we go let's hear about uh let's hear about his little trip to texas texas,
3: texas. <laughs> showdown in texas got off the plane and shit walked up looking for reasons, but my friends always told me you better not go to texas they'll fuck you up and when the mother, my modern day brother here, that shit, they be like this, what? They ain't fucking nobody up. Brothers act like they couldn't have been slaves back 200 years ago. It ain't like them motherfuckers like that shit. I wish I was a slave. I would fuck somebody up. <laughs> shit, tell me to bail some motherfucking cotton. I would have been on the street and shit. You would have came up and said, hey, yo, nigga, bail is cotton. I would have said, suck my dick, master. <laughs> suck my motherfucking dick. like that The first dude that got off the boat said that shit. Bail that cotton. Fuck you motherfucker. <laughs> Other motherfuckers said, we'll bail the shit just keep that shit away. <laughs> just keep that fucking shit away from me. I got off the motherfucking plane, walked off, got up, walked up my bag, my all my black shit on, black leather, big ass medallion and shit on like this. Little white dude walked up and said, this your bag? I said, yeah, it's my fucking bag. <laughs> Motherfucker! A black man can't have a suitcase? (laughs) This dude was like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? (laughs) It wasn't that bad at all and shit. I'm windy. (laughs) I'm out of breath. I'm sweating and shit.
4: All right, now, he's kind of getting heckled here a little bit, and someone in the crowd just yelled, shut up, bitch.
0: Man, did she, anybody catch what she said?
4: Um, I don't know. I think she said, take it off or something like that. Yeah, I heard, I heard take it yeah. off. He said he was sweating. Yeah. Now, in the deleted scene, actually, this, this is sort of an expanded scene, so you'll hear a little more of this scene after this is over, uh, which I believe we only have about 10 more minutes of uh, of actual scene to play here uh, actual movie to go through so you know but yeah and the crowd lost their fucking mind not only did the crowd lose their mind eddie murphy really just sort of it, it even shook him when the guy screamed shut up bitch so yeah it did i mean yeah. it, it, it the whole place lost their mind here we go By the way, he's literally Eddie Murphy is on stage cheering for this guy, dropped the mic and is telling the crowd to stand up and turn around and yes. standing ovation cheer this guy for yelling what Gosh. he did. I mean, That's
1: can you imagine 11. how that guy must have felt when he left there? Oh time? my
4: god, he was a, he, he he was a star in his own mind that ho- the god. rest of the fucking night. Hey,
1: should I guarantee he got some ass that oh, night? He, he oh yeah.
4: Oh yeah. No matter what, he, he 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 got laid that night. Uh
1: he's probably still talking about it to, to this <laughs> day too. <laughs> I got a standing ovation of that, Eddie Murphy's
4: <laughs> Everybody's sick of fucking hearing it. Shut up already. In the in the Everybody. fucking nursing home. Yeah. Everyone in the- and the way
0: he said it, like I mean, I don't know what the guy does for a living, but he got a voice for comedy.
4: Yeah. He screamed that shit, man. All right, let's go ahead and roll it.
3: I was a ventriloquist too. <laughs> <laughs> this shit ain't as bad as it used to be. All that race. You know who get it real bad now? Chinese people. They the only ones that be getting fucked over bad. You be teasing them and shit, ever go in the restaurant to order up some food, and Chinese dude will be in there, and then when he leave, you go like this. <laughs> Fun of the Chinese when they order some food up and shit, and they nice guys, they be all cordial shit. I'll hamfag get the egg for young and egg every when they leave you go. I'm walking your boarder one. I'm leaving on the Your friends and shit be laughing and he look out the back and say, "That food is coming right up." Thank you. <laughs> the food is coming right up. They're back watching us going say, "Yes, very funny. Very funny." Make a special wonton soup for him.
4: Just in case anybody is wondering what he's talking about, he's pretending he's peeing, uh, just so you understand what the special wonton soup is. Um, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Let's just uh, let's just keep going.
3: have like a McDonald's in China uh, Chinese people be walking and saying give me a Big Mac and a strawberry shake a large order fry and a cherry pie and do say a uh, Big Mac strawberry shake large order fries cherry pie coming right up and when they leave Chinese do go Big Mac and a large order fries and a cherry pie <laughs> well, that's a fucked up language too Chinese it's hard to learn I want to learn how to speak Spanish that's the shit. You know what I'll really learn how to speak? I'd like to learn how to speak French, because that's some cool shit, French. You can say, I got a shit in French, it sound good, Just sound good, man. I don't like that shit, that Arabic, that the motherfuckers be speaking in the 7-Eleven. That shit fuck with me. They sound nasty and shit. We're getting all this. (laughs)
2: That's
3: a word in Arabic. (laughs) That means some shit to them. They be walking out here going. (laughs) Can I have a ham and cheese hero? Never mind, man. I don't want no hocking on my bread, motherfucker. That's right. Spanish the language. You know I want to learn how to speak Spanish? but I was always a Ricky Ricardo buff. I thought he would, when he would get mad at Lucy and be saying curse I'd say go on Ricky, curse the bitch out. <laughs> Ricky would lose his mind. Ricky was cool and shit. For the 50s, Desi Arnaz, Ricky Ricardo was a cool motherfucker. He had his baggies on and pointy shoes and the club babaloo and shit. My heart's on the courage. He's for hire. Senora. Oh, yes, as long as you desire, senorita, we're gonna ride for we'll de Manana and come to Havana with me. And my Remember that shit? You be sitting there like this. All
4: right. So once again, I'm going to go ahead and bring up underrated as an, uh, as an impressionist comedian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love Lucy, and that that was spot on. Yeah, spot on. it was. It really was. Yeah,
4: yeah, it really was. I mean, you know, pretty much every impression he does is spot on. Like I said, the only one that's a little off is his Elvis, but everyone has their own version of Elvis, so whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit. But yeah, this the, the, this one here is really good, and you know, just uh, you know, this was definitely. I mean, this show was in reruns by this time, but. uh, I Love Lucy is still in reruns. So, you know, I think that show will be relevant fucking forever. But uh, here, let's go ahead and uh, I figured while he was just sort of taking a little laugh break, we would too. Here you go. (laughs)
3: Last laugh, too. I would like to go. It's just so ridiculous. You like to fuck me up the ass. Call <laughs> back. <laughs> the TV is all screwed. up. any kids here? I mean, little kids. I know a lot of people bring their little kids down here. How old are you, man? How old? Thirty. Oh, you're gonna be fucked up when you leave. Dad, what's a dick? What is that? was the other dude right there oh y'all fucked up now y'all thought i would be going like this okay and all that shit right You know i'd be saying how dicks is this big <laughs> kids gonna be waking up like this
2: a negro's dicks are coming to get me mom i'm
3: gonna tell y'all a little joke y'all can tell in school all right because i've been telling this dirty stuff okay here's a little joke for y'all okay.
4: before we even get to that If he did this to a nine-year-old, which I heard the first age, but I didn't hear the second age, the first kid was nine, boy, would his career be over right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He would be, oh, my God, dude, none of this would be able to be done. This would have to be cut from the show, uh, and and it wouldn't matter, because someone would have recorded it anyway, so... But Jesus Christ, for him to even pick a kid out and do this at, at, at a show would be just ridiculous now. He would be
1: publicly crucified. Mm-hmm. And he, he would be labeled. You know, it was, Yeah, it would be awful. It would just be awful.
4: Yeah, and Peter would probably go after him for the joke right here. So let's get to the joke.
3: Well, I know lots of times people see my show, then go to work, and try to tell my act and fuck my jokes up on the job and shit. Let me and then he said, Goonie Google. <laughs> and then he had a G.I. Joe up his ass. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm Mr. T. I'll rip your cock off with my ass. <laughs> and dude would be standing going, yeah, that's very funny shit. <laughs> Here's a joke that you can tell down at school, when school starts. Everybody be quiet now. Are you listening, guys? A bear and a rabbit are taking a shit in the woods. And the bear turns to the rabbit and says, Excuse me, do you have problems with shit sticking to your fur? And the rabbit says, No. So the bear wiped his ass with the rabbit.
4: Okay. I see I see two problems with this in 2018. A, he told the joke. B, the kids would actually go to school and tell that joke.
0: <laughs> hey, it was funny. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, look, it's fucking hilarious. And, you know, just the fact that he did it in that way and told the joke you guys can tell. Uh, well, uh,
0: compared to everything he said up to that point, that's probably the safest joke they could get him. It was but they would, yeah, <laughs> it was, they would get in trouble for it, but it was tame.
4: I know. And then I love how he does the white guys trying to recreate his jokes the day before the next
0: day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's people in general, for real, for real. How many times go to a, you know, uh, the next day at work, if you saw a show, you try to tell a joke and you fuck it all the way mm-hmm. up.
4: Absolutely, man. All right. Here, we... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here we go. Oh, so politically incorrect. Let's go.
3: Show on TV now is Star Trek. That's some good shit. I like Captain Kirk and shit. Captain Kirk will fucking Okay, any-
4: real quick before we before this, this scene goes, this is another skit of his that ends up in a movie also, because if you watch the movie Boomerang, when he's kind of hitting on Halle Berry, he brings up how much of a Star Trek fan he is. Have you, ever, have you seen Boomerang before?
2: A long time long ago. Long time
4: ago. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene in there where him and Halle Berry, it was right after they just had this big dinner with Martin with yeah. his parents and um uh who is it? What's uh John Witherspoon, is that his name?
2: Yes. Yeah. yes.
4: That's the dad in the movie. And uh it, it, you know, that's um David Allen Greer's parents it's him, and yeah, he's, you know, they're sitting down, and he does start talking about Star Trek, and Captain Kirk, and all kinds of funny shit, so yeah, this is another one that ends up in a movie of his, so a little foreshadowing here, once again. Let's roll.
3: Oh. i seen him beam down the planet, ever see that episode where he fucked this green bitch? You gotta be a horny motherfucker to fuck a green bitch. I mean, I Racist, but if the bitch is green, there's something wrong with the pussy. <laughs> he be fucking the music be going. Dun, 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 shit be getting all fucked up. Mr. Scott, I like him. He made me laugh. He never cool and shit. He's the opposite of Spock. The shit be all fucked up. And Mr. Scott say, Cop of my shit can't take much money, sir. She's about to blow. Let Spock handle it. Spock say, uh, Mr. Scott, why don't you take the phasers and point them at the dilithium crystals and point them phasers at them and use the power from the phasers to regenerate the dilithium crystals and we can get out on impulse power. Mr.
2: Spock, it just might work, sir.
3: The shit worked last week, motherfucker. <laughs> I got fed up with TV and shit because i seen all the Star Treks. So I started watching cable. Watching, I was watching Poltergeist last month. I got a question. Why don't white people just leave the house when there's a ghost in the house? Y'all stay in the house too fucking long. Get the fuck out of the house. Very simple. It's a ghost in the house. Get the fuck out.
4: All right. uh, This doesn't apply to white people. Shaheen, get the fuck out, dude. (laughs) There might be a lady in your house on the phone. Get the fuck out, dude. That's all I'm saying. This should apply to all races, being that it's a politically correct world now. All races. Get the fuck out when you see a ghost. All right? All right. I think this might be the last joke, though.
3: So. And not only did they stay in the motherfucking house and pull the guys, they invited more white people over. Sitting around going, our daughter Carol Anson, a television set. I would have been gone. If I had a daughter, been down to the precinct saying, "Look, man, uh, I went home and my fucking daughter's in the TV set and shit," so I just fucking left. <laughs> uh, you can have all that shit. I ain't going to back back to the motherfucking. Uh, I just came down so when she ain't up at school, you th- don't think I killed the bitch or nothing like that. But she is inside the TV set. You can have all that shit. I'm uh, Mr. Murphy, didn't you try to save your daughter? Yeah, I'm a man. and I tried to save. I turned the channel. The shit didn't work. I got <laughs> the, <fuck out. laughs> the kid was only six years old in the movie. They couldn't have been too attached to her. Leave. In the Amityville horror, a ghost told them to get out the house. White people stayed in there. Now, that's a hit and a half for your ass. <laughs> a ghost said, get the fuck out, I would just tip the fuck out the door. <laughs> they walked and looked in the toilet bowl, was blood in the toilet. They said, that's peculiar. <laughs> I would have been in the house and said, oh, baby, this is beautiful. We got a chandelier hanging up here, kids outside, playing. It's a beautiful neighborhood. We ain't got nothing to wear. I really love them. This is really nice. <laughs> Too bad we can't stay, baby. (laughs) You know, I want to say something. You know, like, I think maybe, like, 30 years ago, there was a woman that wanted to sing in it, a black lady that sang opera, that wanted to sing, what was her name? Mary Anderson. And this place was, was, like, segregated, and they couldn't sing here. And she couldn't sing in the place. And here, here we are, like, you know, not even 50 years later, a 22-year-old black man on stage getting paid to hold his dick. <laughs> God bless America. I got to go now. Y'all take it easy. Bye-bye.
4: All right. So there we go. That was delirious right there. Um... I mean, I, I believe during the film we pretty much talked about a lot. Now, I did say I had a deleted scene. And, yeah, we definitely have time for it. I, I started a little bit early, so uh, we're, we're we're at about two and a half hours. <clears throat> so I, I do have time to play the deleted scene. Um, anything to say before I start the uh, deleted scene? or
0: uh... Uh, I'll just say this. The standing ovation he got at the end was very much deserved.
4: Definitely. Once again, this guy from the time he walked on stage to the time he, he walked off, the crowd was in the palm of his hands.
0: Yes. If I bought a ticket to this show, I would have left very much satisfied.
4: Oh yeah. I, I I think most of the shows back then people left very satisfied, especially the comedy concerts back then. They were, they were most of them were in huge arenas like this. You know the Eddie Murphys, the you know the Dice Clays, the Sam Kinison, which we had talked about at the beginning of the show. I don't want to rehash all that but they were all in large large fucking arenas they weren't they weren't doing comedy clubs back then these guys not those three you know th- these three guys were doing i mean how many times have we said dice fucking sold out madison square garden madison square fucking garden a comic sold out madison square garden you know th- those were the days now i don't know if I don't know any comic that I would that I would that would sell out Madison Square Garden. And... Not that I know of.
0: Oh, yeah, on a consistent basis too. Yeah. Larger arenas.
4: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, but by, I mean, by the time I saw Andrew Dice Clay, he was in a he was doing small theaters. He uh, I saw him at a little place in Fort Lauderdale, actually Sunrise, Florida, called Sunrise Musical Theater. But it was a cool little little thing. Somewhere in this house, I have. It was when he quit smoking, and he would just chew the cigarette and then throw it out, throw it to the side. And I have one of the actual Marlboro One Twenties that he used, or the One Hundreds that he used to smoke. All chewed up by him. I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere in this house. It's in like a. It's in a tin, 'cause I threw it in a tin and kind of covered it up with a bunch of stuff but uh let's go ahead and get to this deleted scene here you may you're you're going to hear a little bit of stuff that you oh well I, I i heard this already it it is stuff you've heard but there's a lot more to it um i'll pause in between but uh you know he did mention Italians really quick in it cuz you know when the uh when he had the all the brothers stand up and then all the guys and he said you know everybody really take a picture of your dick all the white guys sat down and, you know, he said oh, some of the white guys stood up, y'all must be Italian. Well, he, there was more to that. So let's hear that part.
3: And don't be screaming out Buckwheat while I'm talking, motherfucker.
4: Oh, and he was being heckled. So here we go.
3: Because this is Buckwheat right here, motherfucker. This is Buckwheat. Is it buck on this side and weed on this side? And the long one in the middle is alfalfa, goddammit. This is our gang right to fuck here. Keep your motherfucking mouth shut. I hate motherfuckers to scream shit out in the middle of, be in the middle of a bit. We recording HBO shit and album shit, and you gonna fuck it up by screaming some shit out. You motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, y'all want to fuck with me? But I walk off and leave you motherfuckers sitting there going, "But we. We was just playing. (laughs) People just be going like this. I'm sweating and shit.
4: (laughs) Okay, this was the part where Obviously, the he was. Be, this was before he was being heckled by the one fan that we heard a little while ago, and right after. Now, right after, it sort of cut him off after he, of course, got the crowd going, but there was actually a lot more to that bit. He actually took that and made a whole little bit out of it, which I will go ahead and play for you
2: right now.
3: ventriloquist, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know I was a brother, too. You can tell what brothers be like, shut up, bitch. We just curse different and shit. The white dude said, come on, bitch, be quiet, shit. Come on, I'm watching a fucking show, all right? Jesus, can you be quiet for a fucking minute? Come on! Hey man, that's my lady. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. That's is different, we get we real solid on our curses. Brother just say, fuck you. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I'll fuck you up. Hey, now, I don't wanna fight or anything like that. <laughs> Just the line you use on your skinny, or skinny white dudes. You could use that and say, I'll fuck you up. They're like, hey, now, nah, watch it now. I don't it. Italians don't play that shit, though, boy. Italians are crazy white people. They think they can beat black people. They hold their dicks more than black people. I'm afraid of them. Italian dudes, you say like, I'll fuck you up. Italian dude, get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck, wrong right here. Right here, all right? All right, it's right here, you fucking moolin you son of a bitch. It's right the fuck here. The fuck out of here. Then you have to really fuck them up. you like, hey, motherfucker, who you think I am? Sid! Anybody have a fight recently?
4: All right, before we get into the fight, again, this is, that part does actually end up, and he, he goes a little further with it. Obviously, he, uh, he refined it for Raw. So, but yeah, that, that, he actually, you know, talks about the, you know, we'll, we'll obviously we're going to get in a raw now, eventually. Um, but yeah, he does mention, he talks about the, you know, driving around in their rock Z 28s yeah, and shit. Dan, Danny Aiello. Danny Aiello, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, he does, but um, you know, it, this is another scene that you've, you've heard, but uh, he keeps going from here and I'm going to keep playing the deleted scene.
3: I'd be, I'd run the motherfucker over though, quick. <laughs> I couldn't fight when I was little. I one of those dudes who used to get followed home by the whole school. You know how when you'd be fighting the whole school be like this, kick his ass, fuck him up, fuck him up, hit him, hit him, fuck him up, all the way home and shit. And you'd be walking, getting punched in the back of your head like this, I'm not gonna fight you. Stop. What you, what you gonna do? 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 I'm not gonna fight you. I'm not gonna fight you. I'm not gonna fight you. I'm going home. You don't live that way. <laughs> Stop! That was me and shit. I wish I had a gun when I was little. I whipped that shit. Be a little six-year-old with a gun saying, back the fuck up. Papa capping somebody and shit. That calm motherfucker's down when you're shooting. They want to fight you, they... <laughs> Never mind, fuck it.
4: <laughs> All right. And that is the actual end. From, from here, I believe I have the 25th anniversary. Uh, and from here, there's actually an interview with... Um, that's not Paul Mooney, is it?
0: No, that's, I forgot the dude's name. He does like an entertainment show. Um, Byron Allen. Uh, thank, you.
4: thank you. Thank you, Byron Allen um don't really want to get into that. Eddie Murphy is very serious. He was already getting Disney money at that time, I think, so i don't think he really wanted to get into the whole thing of everything, but um you know, I did say eventually Eddie Murphy did apologize for this actually it's right here decades after the release of this stand up um on home video, Eddie Murphy admits his a- admits his regret for some jokes that may be seen as homophobic and did apologize for them. So, he even apologized, which, um, like I said, I think he was, uh, that was probably, what was that, 2003, when this 25th anniversary would have hit. He was getting Disney money already. He was already doing Disney movies at that point. So, I can understand why he did what he did. I don't blame him for doing that at all.
1: But then also you have to take into consideration. He was, he was only 22 when he did this show. So he was a, he was a very young man, but by uh, when did you say 2013, you know, he was a lot more mature at 22. You're still a kid, right? You know, you're still a kid and you're, you're, you're going to say some dumb shit. And, um, just your 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 ideals and attitudes change. They like they they evolve as you as you grow. It happens to everybody. We've all said some shit when we were younger that that kind of might make us cringe now. Just to, that we can't even believe that we said. And he said it in front of everybody on stage.
4: Right. Yeah. And and you, you know, know you know what I've actually messed up the time. It would have been two thousand seven, two thousand eight, the twenty fifth anniversary. So definitely was getting that Disney money at that point. So, yeah, man. But, I mean, definitely to me, this movie still holds up. Um, That kind of comedy is my kind of comedy. The the raunchy, no fucks given kind of comedy. Fearless. Fearless comedy. And, you know, that luckily was the time they could do things like that and get away with it and... You know, just different times, like we've said a bunch of times already. Different times. Yeah. You
0: know, like rewatching it. You know, I guess my t- two cents on it is: if he is going to make a comeback, part of me looks forward to it. But I would just say this: like, if the, if he's if he feels like he has to apologize for anything that he has in mind, I'd rather he just not do it. Like, because it, it, it's going to be like a st- he, it's like he's going to have to try to please two audiences: mm-hmm. the audiences that remember Delirious, that remember Raw, that came up on his rise, that was with him through the, throughout the eighties, early part of the nineties, right. and then like this new school generation that's like they they feel like they want to recapture that era, but then when it, you give them a taste of it, oh, I'm offended, I'm pissed off. Letter writing campaigns, everybody's on Twitter, you know, threatening to boycott this and boycott that.
4: Yeah. But, yeah, I totally i i get what you, what you're saying, and I agree with that. I mean, it's definitely gonna be a little weird if he does make a comeback because it's such a PC world now. I mean, what is he gonna do? I mean, what can he what can he do? So, I don't know, man.
1: I, I personally i i would i, I would like to see. It. I personally think it would be interesting just because, mm-hmm. like, is, is because he's he's so much, Oh, he's so much more mature now. So it would just be interesting to see. He's not, he's not going to be the same kid that he was. Right. You know, absolutely. He's, he's had a, he's had a lot more experiences. He's lived through a lot more shit. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, he has, he has a lot, um, he has more things to talk about. I don't think he necessarily even has to be as raunchy as he was. Um, and he's more than just that, you know. He, he's more. He was. He was always more than just raunchy. He was funny. He was a good storyteller. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah.
4: And as as we said, I mean, definitely a good storyteller. I mean, I would definitely be interested to see what exactly you know what he came up with now. What kind of comedy he would do yeah. now? I would definitely be interested in seeing something like that. So I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll just have to see, but. Uh, I don't know, guys. Anything else? or you want to uh, wrap this shit up? Wrap it up. We broke this it's
0: shit down. We did. Absolutely.
4: We broke it down. And like I said, you know, after I looked at it, it was only an hour of comedy. So I figured, what the hell, I will play it for everyone. I don't think anyone minded. I hope no one minded. I had a great time doing this. Hopefully it came off good. Uh, let us know, guys. Let us know. You can let us know on the yes. Facebook, THT Movie Review... Um, you can also catch me and Shaheen Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Mixer.com slash thd Podcast. You can catch all the shows on Mixer.com slash thd Podcast. Uh, check out me and Anthony uh, every night, every Saturday night, obviously, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Same place. You can catch us on iTunes at thd Movie Review and always join THD Network. You'll get all of our shows. Bobby will even have a show coming up on there, I heard. Anthony yeah, and...
1: Soon. Me, me and my partner, there
4: you man. go. Anthony and Doug are on there. Jay Cat Morris and uh, Shaheen are on there. Everybody's on there. So go ahead and <laughs> join everything. I know these plugs are wonderful. This is why we uh, sat down the other night. Anyway, you guys have a good night. I appreciate everybody listening. I hope everybody had a great time. Bobby, thank you for joining us as always. Anthony, I will see you probably Wednesday night, and that's it. Later, y'all. I go Thanks. home and
2: get your fucking shine box.